Hey guys, just want to let you know about 30 minutes into the podcast, I lost about 15 minutes worth of footage. Still figuring out the whole um, video thing, so just bear with me. Besides that, it was a great podcast. Nathan came on today and he said some pretty great things. We went over a bunch of topics. Hope you guys loved it. I loved it. So let's get into this podcast. Hello, welcome to the Famous for Nothing podcast. I am back with the episode number I do not know of because I'm losing count. But today I have Nathan. Hello, Hello. Nathan. Um, outside, we was just talking about uh, skating and whatnot. So um, what I was going to say, though, is that uh, you were talking about how like it, you have to take time with your kids because they don't want to skate. My son's like wanting to um, ride the scooter. But, uh, yeah, when you you said your son, uh, yeah, it takes time. And for me personally, about six months, there was this little tiny curve. Like, like um, I don't know if you can see it on the camera, but there's this little, like, little, tiny little curve. Mm-hmm. And I would spend maybe a whole month just trying to ollie over that curve. Mm-hmm. And just constantly, constantly. And it's kind of pathetic. It's not even as tall as my, like my foot or my ankle yeah i would just try to like do that and i couldn't do it and it took me so long to do that and a kickflip too it took me like months like mm-hmm. like six months seven months whatever but once you start getting like the kickflip down i think everything else kind of comes oh yeah more natural yeah or whatnot totally yeah. I, the first thing i ollied was a um a stop sign rail like we would have somebody mm-hmm. tore down a stop sign and we just laid it out there and we that's what first thing i learned how to grind too so we just lay it out and roll. You roll onto it and roll off, and um, learn how to ollie it. And then, hell, after that, you just gotta keep keep going, keep going, yeah. keep going. I mean, I spent. I used to. I started skating when I was fourteen. Mm-hmm. I'm thirty five now. So I used to go home every day, and I'd spend four hours a day just on the street skating back and forth. Mm-hmm. I thought a manual was when you laid your tail down and just went as far as you could <laughs> so all my boards look like a little, not, a little razor blade <laughs> but yeah I mean it's it's something I mean you just gotta keep trying you gotta keep trying um, you know eventually you get you get one trick get a shove it get you know mm-hmm. big spin or whatever kickflip I think it was like eight months before I learned to kickflip mm-hmm. uh, I actually have like a broken tooth right here and that's just from <clears throat> doing a caveman a caveman, yeah, like oh, just a like a boneless or something. Yeah, like so you you have your board for the people that don't know what a caveman is. You have your board in your hand, and then all you do is just jump on the board. That's it. Oh, like an acid and, drop kind. Of? Yeah, but okay. the thing is, is I done it on grass so many times, and I'm like, this is easy. I can do this on a road. And I was with friends. I was with two other friends at the time, and I wanted to, I guess, show off. And I was like, I can do this on the on the ground. I just I wasn't even running. I was just kind of like walking a little bit, mm-hmm. and I went to jump on it. And when I did, I just slid back and hit my face. You hit your face on the pavement. Yeah. Oh lord. <laughs> and that's, that's the worst. Yeah, that's my broken tooth I have now since eighth grade, and <laughs> super embarrassing. I actually went to a dentist before and asked them to fix this tooth, and they they got me. They're like, well, we saw your other teeth, and your back teeth need more um, work. Yeah, no more work. <laughs> That's where they always get you. Yeah. Like, no, I kind of just I, they could fall apart. I just want this. Everybody yeah. sees this, and then they're like, they talk me into it. And I'm like, okay, sure, yeah, go ahead and fix the back tooth, and then I'll get the front tooth. But <clears throat> okay, so when I went get, when I got my back tooth my back tooth fixed, I went there for like two cleanings, and then they put like a, a temporary tooth. I don't know what it is, but then they finally put the yeah, permitted one. Yeah, and then I came back for another cleaning, 
And then um, they asked me to come back one more time for, you know, cleaning. This is like months or like over a year or so. Mm -hmm. And uh, my insurance is paying for all of this, right? So I thought. But after they told me about my tooth and all, um, <laughs> they told me about my tooth and then they put temporary. This is months and months and months. And then after it's all done and I come back for the cleaning again, they tell me, oh, your interest isn't going through and you have a balance of like almost $3,000. Oh, dang. Yeah. Which, oh, yeah. That's how it is. I just paid just a few months ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had I had a tooth that was killing me and it was like broke and I was like, oh, hell, I need to. Well, I, I wanted to save it. I was like, at this point, I want to try to save every tooth I can. Mm -hmm. So they had, um, they had to like grind it down and now it's, I got to go back to get the, the next tooth. But mm -hmm. it, that was uh, $1,000. Yeah. I mean, I had to pay it up front. Mm -hmm. And now I got to go back. It's going to be another $1,200. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, this it's, it's wild how, yeah. how expensive it is. But yeah, luckily, skateboarding, I never hit, hit my teeth. I've, you know, had the board come up and smack me in the in the chest one time. That was mm -hmm. as close as it got to hitting my teeth. I've had it zip by my face a few times, but that's like my biggest fear is one just... You know, just take me out. Just knock all my teeth out because you know it could happen mm -hmm. anytime. Because that board does fly every, yeah. every which way. It does. And you can't control it sometimes. It's scary. I lost I lost <clears throat> my, 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 you know, my temper whenever they told me that because it's like you've known this for months and you're telling me now after all this mm -hmm. is racked up. It's messed up. But what is like the worst <clears throat> accident you've had on a skateboard? The worst? You know, I've never broken any bones. Thank God. Same. But I was up at Chat Town and um, at, in 2016, mm -hmm. and me and my son were up there. And I was just trying, you know that that tall metal bench they have up there? Where like, at? In Chat Town, you ever been up oh, there? Oh, the actual skate park? Yeah, the yeah. skate park. Yeah. yeah, like the, they have that, like, it's probably like two or three foot tall. Mm -hmm. But I was trying to nollie, like, tail slide. And I was getting it, and then next thing I know, I was doing it, and then I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I woke up and I had like a, I felt like I was electricity was running through my body. I was like, mm -hmm. "What? What just happened?" Mm -hmm. Apparently, I came off land primo, and just clicked my head, hit my head, and knocked myself out. I don't know how long I was out. I just Damn. know I was there for a minute, and I woke up. You know, like when you see a fighter get knocked out, they're all stiff, and I was like, "Ah!" But yeah, that was the scariest because um, there's actually a, a video on my um, on my Facebook mm -hmm. of two weeks after that. I took two weeks off, and I, then we went to a Douglasville skate park. And I got a video and I hit my head again. That's one of the things you learn when you get older is your neck strength isn't what it used to be. Like when you fall when you're younger, you kind of ball up. Mm -hmm. And then when you ever, ever watch old people fall, they just kind of, their arms and legs just, <laughs> just fly back. And yeah. that's what happens to you. Like when you fall when you're older, you just, you always hit your head. It's like, it's, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Your neck just pops back and you hit, hit your head. But that's probably the worst. One Definitely. thing that's weird is, like, I know for a fact whenever, you know, I first shot skating and whatnot, like, people that wear helmets, like, if someone wore, wore, wore a helmet, like, people look down on it. Like, oh, dude, that guy's wearing a helmet. Right. But for, like, no reason. Like. <laughs> I don't know. You look at Andy Anderson now. I don't mm -hmm. know, you're, are you familiar with him? Mm -mm. Uh, he's an amazing skater. Always wears a helmet. But I feel like that kind of puts a stigma to him. Yeah. But he's amazing. I don't understand what, the, I really don't understand it because, it's really. I don't think people understood how important, how Helmets, much a yeah. head head injury can change. Because I mean, I was foggy for like two weeks after that. After mm -hmm. I, I definitely had a concussion. I didn't go to the doctor or anything, but man, it was a, 
it's definitely something. If you got a bunch of them, which I'm sure if you're throwing yourself downstairs all the time, mm-hmm. you're probably getting more of them. I'm not. I've never been a big fan of doing that myself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely something that skateboarders should do. Is wear helmets and um, knee pads and everything. To be honest. Um, TJ, you know TJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, when we were skating, I, I wasn't there this time, but we we skate the Northwest Eight Stair mm-hmm. a lot. And apparently he had a bad fall, like doing that eight stair, and he um, slipped back, hit his head, had a concussion. He actually went to the hospital, and at the time he had like an afro, whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the doctor told him if he didn't have an afro, then his he would have cracked his skull. Well, I guess uh, we all need afros. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's that's the. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that stair set is is tricky because it's yeah. slick. It's slick. I mean, that's mm-hmm. concrete real smooth, and it goes downhill slightly. Yep. Where you land, you can't really tell, but when you land, you kind of take off. I've ollied that stair set, and mm-hmm. I've I've caveman the rail. But besides that, I mean, that's a perfect yeah perfect set for somebody who can do it. I mean, but I've never been. A, the skater to really hit handrails too much. I've Maybe bro- like a four stair. Mm-hmm. That's about as far as I'll go. I've broken <clears> two boards <throat> at Northwest. <clears throat> we would be doing the eight stair, whatnot, and then we'd be like, okay, well, let's go back in the back where the gym is and do the three stair. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. And I've broken two boards at the three stair, but I've not broken one at the eight stair, which doesn't make any sense. But well, you're going slower, <laughs> so you're you know you when you land it, mm-hmm. you land harder. I like the little manual pad behind it there. Mm-hmm. I actually posted a video a few days ago, an old video, I'm feeling like 15 years ago, mm-hmm. of me doing a kickflip manual, kickflip out, way, way back when. Because I used to make, I've been skating forever, and I used to make little videos and stuff. And um, and I've, I, the, the videos are gone now. Like, I put them on MySpace, mm-hmm. and then MySpace just disappeared one day. Yeah. So I still got a little, some clips here and there, and I put I just kind of filmed them on my TV because I got them on like a DVD disc. But yeah, it's it. it I like skating there. I like I need to go back up there. Yeah. But one time I did almost get arrested up there. Though. Yeah, they they so. like to get on you now for yeah. sure. And us being an adult, it's hard to get away with it. It's that's the weirdest thing is like once you're an adult, being out in public and skating, mm-hmm. it's a whole different thing. Like they'll yep. run kids off, but they're gonna run you. They're gonna be like. Let's what you let me see your ID, you know. Mm-hmm. Let, let's see if you got any warrants, and mm-hmm. they, they harass you a little more. And they're like, "Why is this old dude out here? Is he just playing like he's skating? Is he gonna rob the place? What's he doing?" You know. So you feel kind of weird when yeah. you're older out there skating. But yeah, I try to. I mean, I don't do a whole lot of street skating. I really don't. I mean, I don't have a whole lot of time. So yeah. most of my time is just gotta get somewhere. I don't want to get kicked out and have run off and stuff. But I like the bank. The bank. You're not far from it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the bank. awesome. Like, most of the time, if, like, TJ or Ryan, those are, like, my two good friends, um, <clears throat> if they ask, if, you know, you want to go skate, and I'd be like, ah, oh, you know, time, time of thing. Like, well, we'll just go to the bank. I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> right. I'm, I'm literally right here at it. So. Yeah, that's a perfect place. Yeah, like, um, speaking of TJ, and speaking of, like, starting out, um, my buddy Ryan, like me and him lived in the same place and same neighborhood. And we would go there and there was this like little street just like we would skate on because we lived on the street together and there's a bunch of neighborhood kids. But I met TJ in seventh grade. And at the time I was trying to skate, but I wasn't like too good. And TJ brought out this little tiny like rail that, you know, those little tiny white ones that were like, if you barely just get on it, they would like flip, flip. over. Yeah. yeah. He, he brought that over. And um, he did a 50-50 on the hand, on that little rail, and which obviously now if you, anyone try that, like take it to the skate park, just about anybody can do that. Mm-hmm. But at the time, me. <laughs> <laughs> at the time he did that, and it blew our mind. We're like what the hell? Like right. how, yeah, 
And um, yeah, after that, we started skating a lot with TJ and his brothers too. Oh, they, yeah. At the time, they was all I've, skating. I've known them since they were little little mm-hmm. kids back whenever they came to the the old old skate park in mm-hmm. um, North Georgia. Yeah, with, like way. Which I mean, I drove by there yesterday. I really wish somebody would make a skate park there again. Like mm-hmm. the that you know that the I mean they still got some stuff out there, but I mean that was that was a nice place back whenever. You talking about the um, the, the original, original one? Yeah, the original. Yeah, I actually that's never... where I started. I mean mm-hmm. that I started like when I first learned how to drop in was in that bowl back there. I don't know mm-hmm. if you ever, did you ever skate the old? No, I, I never actually got to um, be there. I've seen t- tons of videos of like yeah. people like being there, but I never got to see it myself. But I um, I'm a delivery driver. <clears throat> And I actually pass by that road like every day, so mm-hmm. I see it going by, and I'm just like, man, I wish, I wish I would, you know, I was there during that time. Yeah, that was a tricky situation because, you know, when I first started skating, Gary owned it, and, uh, you know, he, I mean, he was, he was kind of, he wasn't in the skateboarding, he was mm-hmm. into making money, mm-hmm. so you know, we, he was just real picky about, you know, if he'd kick people out of there and stuff, but then when he sold it to Loretta. You know, she fixed it all up, made it smooth out the pavement, leveled mm-hmm. it out. And I think, a, I, I don't know for sure, but I think like a year after that, they like told her to get out. Mm-hmm. She was just renting a place. She bought the business mm-hmm. for like 20 grand and they let her rent the place and it kicked her out. So that then that's whenever we had to go to the other place. But I do, I, I was talking to my wife yesterday. I'd love to have a skate park. I think you'd have mm-hmm. to do an outdoor park though, mm-hmm. because I don't know if you could sustain an indoor park. I mean... There's just uh, there's a lot of skaters, but I mean most skaters are poor, you know. Yeah. And like I, I'm poor, you know. Like, and you really need like some. You'd have to have like a monthly membership or something. I, I see a, there's a gymnastics place I take my daughters to, and the way they got it set up, I think that's the way you'd have to do it mm-hmm. to really make it. Because right now everybody buys stuff online. Yep. And I I really wish that wasn't the case, but even I do it. You know, mm-hmm. it's just too convenient. I, I used to love going to the park. And looking at my board and putting it together and, mm-hmm. you know, doing all that, skating it that day. You know, I, I'd love if there was a place like that where we can do that yeah. again. The, the the feeling of, like, getting a complete board, like, you've been, you've been skating this board for, like, four or five months mm-hmm. or whatever, and it's all beat to hell. And then you go and you get, like, a complete board or even just a new board in general. Like, and then you start riding it around and, that, and that, like, you're kind of breaking it in. Like, oh, I miss yeah. that feeling, you know? Like, yeah. Like, doing it yourself, being in there with the people. Like, you know, you're cutting the grip tape and your friends are there and you get people walking in and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good, I mean, yeah, good I, feeling. I, I never had a complete brand new board mm-hmm. until about five years ago because I always kept my trucks until they're run out or mm-hmm. my wheels. And then I got a complete board. It was nice, you know? But, you know, when I was, um, when I was young, we just kept swapping boards out. Mm-hmm. And you used the same truck for, like, two years sometimes until you could see the actual axle mm-hmm. and you're like oh, I gotta get rid of them things so yeah speaking of swapping <clears throat> boards out and bringing up TJ again like um, we'd all break boards and stuff obviously and but you keep them and you put them on your wall and stuff mm-hmm. and um, uh, they, TJ's family was moving because I used to go to his house all the time they told like their, their mom and dad called me their, their white boy because <laughs> I would go over their house all the time like the second white son but because they say DJ's is also the white son because he's white. But um, they, um, Quantez, Demetrius, and TJ all gave me all their boards. And then I moved to LJ for a bit with my mom. And I kept them in my closet. And I didn't stay there long. I stayed there for like a year and I moved back in Dalton. 
and my mom cleaned out my whole room and all those broken boards I had stacked up of me, TJ, yeah, and all my friends. Yep, she threw them all oh, away. Yeah. And it still hurts me to this day thinking about that. I know, because you you can look at each one of them and remember. Yep. Like, I, rem I could look at it and be like, oh, that's when I was working on those slides because mm -hmm. look at that nose, you know. Yeah. That's when I learned tail slides. And, oh, look, I learned, you know. So, yeah, it sucks. I had, I had a graveyard back in the day where a big pile, we just kept them outside because, like, when I was in high school, we built a, well, I bought a little half pot for my friend for her bucks. It was mm -hmm. like a two foot half pot. And we would have a little, just have a little sessions. And that's kind of where I learned how to skate half pot, that in the bowl, the old mm -hmm. bowl. So everybody break boards and just throw them over there in their little graveyard, we call them. <clears throat> but yeah, I, they may still be there. I don't know. They may be underground somewhere out there. Have you heard of uh, Loretta recently at all? No, I hadn't. Same. And I, I, I really wish, I really love to talk to her, you know, mm -hmm. because you know i was pretty close with it like she like let me borrow a car for, for my honeymoon when i was like <laughs> when i got my first marriage mm -hmm. so uh you know and she's i, I worked for her and mm -hmm. help her build ramps and you know I, I gave her the idea to get that building up there in uh tunnel hill that big building they used to have mm -hmm. there that was a great place yeah and you know it's i don't know i think she moved to florida last oh, time really? i heard she moved to florida she probably just I think her. Living it up. I don't know about Chris. I think Chris might be living in Atlanta because I see him posting like Instagram stuff. I could be wrong. Yeah, he's now. always in like a Lamborghini or <laughs> yeah. like a Maserati. He's always, in, he's always in a different car. And it makes me think like, okay, I is know this, you're not owning all this. How Dan Blazerian over here? What, what is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's always flexing and I'm like, um, I mean, it's cool. But like how? how? Like do you just have friends or, or is your job driving these cars around? Or Who knows? Know. Who yeah. knows? Uh, you know, Chris was like a little little kid with his. He was like, I want, I want, to, I wish we could have this skate park. And mom like, mm -hmm. hey, let's buy it, you mm -hmm. know. <laughs> so you know, which I'm glad she did that. Mm -hmm. But you know, that's kind of how things have been. But he's, you know, seeing how, um, but he's he's a humble guy. I like Chris. I oh yeah, he's like always Chris. been nice. Yeah, he's always been a good guy. I don't know where he's. At. I, I hadn't seen him in years either. Mm -hmm. You know, I wonder what he's up to. I don't yeah. know. Besides driving. Luxury car. <laughs> yeah. I know. I think Faith is maybe still in Dalton somewhere. I've not seen her in your years either. But yeah, yeah um, I think Loretta got taken advantage of like a lot. Like a lot. Um, I think that's one reason why like she would struggle with money because like, you know, people are poor and they come in there and they like haggle, like haggle like all the time. Some of them, you know, is genuine like, oh, hey, you know, can I get this? And then mm -hmm. some of them are just like complete assholes, whatever. Well, she had she had shoes for sale for twenty, I think twenty bucks or twenty five mm -hmm. bucks for like a year or two. Like she was selling things at or below the price. So I mean, it was good for us skaters, yeah. but for a long term business plan, I don't think it was sustainable. It was, mm -hmm. I mean, it was nice to have that place though, up there, and I really wish we had something like that. I haven't been to an indoor skate park in you know seven years probably. You know, I don't even know when, where's the closest one. Like I think it's like four or five hours away. Now that you mention it, yeah. I've not even thought about that. Like, all skate parks, even the, the nice ones that you thought were doing it right, mm -hmm. they've all closed in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, there really isn't. Only parks we have now are public ones. We're great. I'm grateful to have it, you know. Yeah. But it was nice. I mean, I guess the internet probably killed, killed the skate parks. Because yeah. if you think about it, they, you know, before people could go online and buy these things they would have to go to the skate park and they'd skate there and they'd buy all their stuff there the clothes the shoes everything mm -hmm. and then you know the internet come along and that was just a more convenient way it's sad I don't know if things will switch back though I have a feeling that 
in time, people will want that experience more of going back, mm-hmm. buying did, their stuff. They, they and then skating it that same day. And I mean, there's more the, Ch- um, Chattanooga out there. This, Comfort. Oh yeah. Comfort, yeah. yeah. I haven't been there. A, I'm, I haven't ever been there. Oh, speaking of Comfort, the first time I went there, okay, I pulled up in the parking lot, and Comfort was literally like the building away from me, right? But I didn't know where it was at because it's in like in a complex with other buildings. Mm-hmm. It's, um, but I went there and I, I saw some people. They look like you know, dude had his hat sideways and stuff. Look like they would know what a skate park is. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, I was like, hey, do you know what the Comfort Skate Shop is? He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, dude, you're, you're pretty far away from me. You got like 10 minutes. He, he told me to go down this road, take a left and whatnot. And then they was closing in like 30 minutes. And I was like, shit, okay. And he told me to go like so far out of the way. I looked it up again and I couldn't find it. And I actually saw some kids skating on the sidewalk and everything. And I asked them, I was like, hey, do you know what Comfort Skate Shop is? And they told me exactly what it was. And it was like, why? Like, right, where were you yeah. at? And I was like, that guy's a fucking asshole, dude. Yeah, he was just like, fucking with you. Yeah, that was... He, he probably didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> but he had, like, he had like, a girl and another dude with him, and they started laughing when they were just telling me whatnot, but I didn't know they was laughing at me. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been there. I mean, I'm sure they do good, mm-hmm. but, you know, that's a bigger city, too. Yeah, it is. And they have a free park. And, you know, that, that might be the way you have to do it now. Mm-hmm. I think a good, like, a skate van would do it. If you were sold, if you had, like, a van and you had boards and stuff in it mm-hmm. and you sold them, you park at the skate park two or three days a week, I think you could you do That's something like that. pretty good because idea, Because then you wouldn't have the overhead. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at the park down here, if you ever want to set up a place to sell food or drinks, mm-hmm. it's like 25 bucks to do that, you know. So you'd probably just... Had to pay that fee to sit up there and just sell boards, have a little events there and stuff. You could even put like we, um, the van. It comes on like Tuesdays and Fridays or whatever yeah. at four o'clock. Or they can meet you. Quit like everybody Make else sure. buys stuff online. Yeah. You know, let's meet at the Lowe's. Mm-hmm. You know, buy your skateboard or yeah. whatever. You know, just I think that'd be the way to do it mm-hmm. if somebody wanted to go down that road. There, there was like a Dalton skate shop right here. Yeah, the, like, is it still here? I don't think so because I literally just got new shoes. Like, because um, the ones I had were just so wore out, and I needed new shoes. I went down there, mm-hmm. and it was closed. But it was like um, the signs and stuff they used to have is all gone too. And mm-hmm. I don't. But and they was running out of their house too. So yeah. I was like, you know, I, I thought they would last, and I hope it is still there. I don't want to say it's not there and it actually be there. Yeah, I, <laughs> But, I wish them guys the best. Yeah. We really need a skate shop in town. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I was trying to... They had that game of skate a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I needed some shoes that day and they were closed. I was going to go there and buy my shoes. Mm-hmm. And I had, ended up having to go to the mall. But, yeah, I mean... That's what I, I had to do is go to the mall. Yeah, I really hope I hope things work out for them. And mm-hmm. um, maybe they won't want to look into the skate van. Because yeah. I think you got to reduce the overhead. Because right now, paying power and rent and... Still selling stuff, and I mean, it's just gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard to do that. Mm-hmm. But that's what that was my dream to have my own skate park until like the 2009 financial crisis happened, and then it was like, oh yeah, that's gonna be hard to do right now because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know everything's closing. But yeah, one day I'd like to do it. Actually, I would have my own skate shop or skate park or something. Yeah, it's just. Like you said, it's hard to like maintain that and get like people to like buy stuff too. Because yeah. like most most skaters don't buy much. Um, yeah, and <laughs> they only buy what they need. At what the time. they need, you know. Yeah. Every now and you get a kid. You really got to. I think a successful way to do. It, I thought about this a lot. Mm-hmm. Is you had to get into the schools. Mm-hmm. You had to get people started skating. 
mm-hmm. got to tell because a lot of kids they don't understand, and a lot of parents don't understand that skating can teach you a lot about life. Because a lot of these kids don't, they're it teach teach them how to be brave. Because mm-hmm. that's really what you're teaching people when you when you're skating, is you're you're trying this, you're trying this, you're trying this, and you finally commit to it and you land it and you're okay, you're still alive. That teaches you to take chances, you know, take chances in life, be brave, you know. There's a lot of times in life where you have to be brave, you know, just do it. I do think skating has definitely benefited me, like, you know, mentally-wise. So that is true. And I, um, when I went to middle school at Westside, they had a, a, a skate team thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was like you can pick what you want to do on these um you can go to like a cooking class, whatever. They actually had a skate thing. That's cool. And yeah, I, mo- I moved there like kind of more the end of the year. And um, yeah, and there was, they had this little skate crew, but like, to be honest, they, w- they wasn't very good. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. And um, I walk, and when I went there, um, I was doing like board slides and stuff and no one else was like, could even do a board slide, but they had a rail. And I at was school, just like, they had a rail? Yeah. They, they had, it was the same thing as like the little white rail that, you know, basically mm-hmm. would fall over it was like one of those ones yeah so like and they would let you bring in stuff too like if you had something at home and whatnot they would let you bring it in but yeah i, I did this i went there and i was doing tricks and i realized pretty quick that like you know i was one of the best ones there but i wasn't even that good at skating you know mm-hmm. most people could just like ride on the board you know that's about it they want to do more they couldn't and so very quickly i was like you know this guy named randy and um daniel and there's a few others i made friends with there and you know got them more into it show them how to do it because they had the need to want to do it they just didn't know how yeah and we had a school but i guess you know the teacher was just like okay this is skateboarding have fun yeah type of thing they ain't gonna teach you yeah and so it's like these kids i don't know you need someone that a teacher that can actually you know care and want um how would i even explain it I think you know what I'm trying to get yeah, to. Yeah, well, I, but. I, to be honest, I think I was put on this earth to teach skateboarding because mm-hmm. that's the one thing I'm good at. I can teach tricks that I can't even land at all because mm-hmm. I can just see what somebody's doing. And a lot of skateboarders out there right now, the ones, um, you know, I've taught them how to drop in, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that because you do need somebody to kind of help you out because it, it's, it's, it's intimidating a lot of times when you first go to the skate park and you can't do nothing. You see these guys flying around everywhere. But... I, I tell kids to don't be intimidated. Get out there. Get in the way. Do your trick. Get in line. You know, mm-hmm. don't be afraid of falling or not doing something because you know we're not going. We're not. I don't. I've never judged anybody at skate park for their skill level mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. I, I personally wish there was. I mean, there's a lot of great skaters around here, but like if you're in like a bigger city, there's always obviously higher skill level a lot of times, and it the higher skill level, the faster everybody grows. So get out there with the good skaters, you know, mm-hmm. get in the mix, you know, learn stuff, ask questions. And that's one of the things that's great about skating is uh, that we're, we're, I've never seen any bad things happen. Like mm-hmm. there's hardly any fights or, you know, bullying or nothing like that. We're probably, we're pretty cool yeah. out there. I mean, it's pretty. Uh, D Street, I remember that was a bad. That's a different place, D Street. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now that, I've seen I, like. I had homeless people fighting out there one day. Yeah. There was a group of homeless people in fist fights. And um, yeah, so that, that stuff does happen at D Street. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about D Street. Yeah. It's a whole different world. Yeah. It, it, it is pretty crazy because, like, um, I feel like. Um, Especially Originally known as the secret spot, though. If, yeah. Back whenever I was younger, that was the secret spot. Only the few people knew where it was at. And I remember when I first went there, 
I was so happy. It's not even called D Street no more. I don't think they renamed the street. I didn't know that. They did, I think. But that was the secret spot, mm -hmm. and you know, and first time I went out there, you know, the guys were looking at you like, "What the hell? The hell? This kid, kind of fourteen years old." There was a little, you know, tension mm -hmm. there. You know, they didn't want people because they they used to have ramps out there and mm -hmm. rails sit off ramp. I mean, it was nice and clean. I wish somebody would go out there and fix that up too. Yeah, That's I, a good spot. I went by it just a few weeks ago and it was like unrecognizable. Like yeah. I was, I was actually looking for the, like I, I was looking for it. I was on the road and it was on my left and I was trying to find it. And I was like, what, what the hell is it? Oh wait, I just passed it. That was it. And mm -hmm. like, can't yeah. recognize it no more. It needs some, it needs some serious work. If yeah. you went out there, you'd probably have to first go out there and cut all the weeds down and pressure wash everything and then fix the concrete. But what I was mean, it before? It was a the, before. I don't know what it was before. Before mm -hmm. I mean, but, but I think there used to be like a warehouse there. Mm -hmm. That makes a sense because there's a little dock, that little raised area. So that I'm probably pretty sure that's where the trucks backed up, and it was probably just a little building. I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. So and then they tore it down. I think um, wherever company's adjacent to it over there, I think they own it now. But they ain't doing nothing with it. But when a bunch of people get out there, they you know they call police. I think. Um, speaking of the worst accident, um, I was just, I'm thinking my worst accident was probably at Providence down here. They, I don't know if it's still there. They have the little trailer with the stair set. And, and it's funny cause I was listening to a song. It was like, how many people want to kick some ass and whatever. And I was wanting to, um, play that song out loud why I jumped the set. And like, cause after they say that the guitar hits, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, let's do this. You know? And, um, I had my buddies with, with me and they was filming this too. And, uh, <laughs> it starts, it goes, how many people want to kick? And I'm like jumping the step and then I push it out. And when I push it out, the boy goes up and it's straight up gooch, right? And, but it's not just like, you know, just the little gooch because I've done that before. Stabbed you. Yeah, it stabbed me and the board feet didn't off break. The ground. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, my feet were definitely off the ground and it, the board didn't break, but you could see in the video because you could like, you know, slow it down a little bit and the board would like bend a little bit oh, no. and then it went back up and when it went back up it like it raped you <laughs> yeah i think that's the worst one i've had and it's even more funnier like my friends gave me shit for it so much because this song is literally how many people but you filmed it right yeah at least you filmed it yeah because i've had that happen and i didn't ever film it mm -hmm. you know i had it happen off a like a ramp like a, a launch ramp one time so i was launching as high as i could go mm -hmm. i was trying to do a kickflip indie i think and the board just wasn't there i thought it was gone when I came down, no, it wasn't. It was right in my ass. <laughs> that's definitely not a good feeling. It's it's terrible. That's like one of the worst. Besides, yeah. I mean, probably breaking a bone or something. Or, um, speaking of gooch and stuff, um, the, the four block at the skate park, I think this was like ninth to 10th grade. I was with my um, girlfriend at the time, and I was trying to show off for her, and Brenji was there, and, you know, a bunch of people were there at the skate park, and I was like, I'm going to do a board slide real quick. And then I just kicked the board out and just... And it hurt so bad on the rail. Like I went to go board side the handrail and I just, it wasn't even like gooch. It was straight up like balls and all. Ooh. And it hurt so bad. So maybe that was also one of the worst ones. It all has to do with the crotch area probably. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty bad. I've had a lot of um, scorpions and stuff over the days too. Like, and But see the old skate park, when there, if you'd get skate, hurt there, mm -hmm. it was usually because of the skate park. Like somebody got their hand stuck in the barbed wire or like somebody got a big splinter from one of the ramps. Mm -hmm. Like I remember most people who got hurt there was because the skate park was so great ghetto mm -hmm. back, in, back in the day. I don't know. You know, I've been pretty lucky. But I've, I have a style that's kind of low to the ground, 
little technical. You're a really lot, good at manuals. Yeah, manuals and stuff yeah. and half pipe. And I feel like I stay in my lane, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm not doing any, I'll do rails and mm-hmm. I'll do stairs and stuff, but I was trying to stay in my lane though because that's where I feel safe. <laughs> I, I remember you did a, like I'm seeing this in high school, you did a nose manual um, by the bowling alley. It was like really, really long on the sidewalk. And um, I remember seeing that and I went out there with some friends was scanning another bowling alley and I tried to do the same thing and I couldn't do it. I was getting so frustrated. I was like, how did he do this so long? <laughs> that was one of my things. You know, I learned how to manual and nose manual because I, I twisted my ankle real bad mm-hmm. and I couldn't do nothing else. I couldn't ollie. I couldn't drop. I mean, I was literally on one foot. So I was like, well, let me learn these manuals. You know, mm-hmm. let me see how long I can manual. So I started just going from one crack in the road to the next and one. And then eventually I just learned how to just keep it. And then learn how to ollie into it. It's a whole different thing. But um, that's kind of where I learned how to do manuals. And that's a, I think eventually that's all I'm going to do once mm-hmm. I'm 50 or something. I'll just be doing manuals. But I'm happy. Though that, that's uh, that's kind of my, my little lane I like. I don't understand how people flip into manuals. Like I can do it. I can, I can do it. I've done it. If, like I've done a kickflip nose manual. Like mm-hmm. I don't film. I flipped out too. I've done a flip out. But I kind of never got past the the kickflip nose man. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can do it. I probably can still do it today. It might take me a little while. I was thinking about it last weekend. Mm-hmm. I might want to get on film again. But the main thing is getting your ollie. Can you ollie nose manual? Yeah. Okay. So when you ollie, well, a small ollie. Okay. I can't. I can't like jump up. Real up on high. a curve. Okay. <laughs> just okay. So when the main thing is when you do nose manuals is mm-hmm. both your, you pop and then both your feet need to come up. Mm-hmm. Like you can't leave one foot on the tail and one foot on the nose. So your, both your feet need to slide up equal distance. One foot, this needs to go from the tail to the, like the hardware. And the same thing we do a kickflip nose manual. Mm-hmm. You want to kickflip and mm-hmm. kind of go up, and just it just takes time. I, it I, really does. I can't. I've tried it, I've, even just a regular manual. Like I like you know when you flip into it and you gotta get your tail just like, one foot on the tail and one foot on you know right spot. I just can't do it. But I can flip and land on the bolts perfectly, you know. But I just cannot. For my life, to get it to a manual. Yeah, it's mainly just trying over and over, and getting speed. I mean, you could learn it probably flatland mm-hmm. if you kept trying, and just getting the speed. Speed's really important too when you do any kind of manuals, because mm-hmm. the slower you go, the harder it's oh, bounce. Yeah. So a lot. That's where a lot of people make mistakes. They want to go slow. Don't take the time. No, you need to get a good amount of speed, and, and it helps your balance. Just like anything, like riding a bicycle. Mm-hmm. Try riding a bicycle slow. I mean, you fall over, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you want to ride pretty, I mean, you don't want to ride super fast, but you, the faster you go, the easier it is to balance. And that's the way it is with all, all manuals. So, but yeah, it is spooky, especially when you're doing nose manual, when you're mm-hmm. going fast, cause you're like, uh, yeah, you just, <laughs> you're just then, there. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm sure you've done this before, but doing a nose manual and your nose just touch a little bit and you just fly forward. Oh yeah. Whatnot. There's a lot worse falls yeah. than that. I try to tell myself there's a, you know, it's a lot worse ways to fall. And actually getting, like, hitting the nuts when you're, when you're doing manuals and stuff is yeah. a thing, too, because you come off and you land on one, like, the nose, and it just comes in and hits you. Mm-hmm. That sucks. That's terrible. But, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's fun, man. I like I like doing manuals. Um, so I was wanting to ask you about this before, uh, but um, I think it was Friday or so. You posted a video for, like, wait... Seemed to be like a UFO. I did. <laughs> we saw a UFO. 
February 16th in Calhoun, Georgia. Okay. So and I don't know if you can put this on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'll see, I can send you the video we got on YouTube now. Yeah. Yeah, but so me and my, my friend, my coworker, it was like, we just get there in the morning. And I'm just standing there. He went to go do something. I look out the window and I see something. I think, is that a bird? Mm-hmm. You know, I thought... It, it was a it was one object and there was a few like around it they were mm-hmm. going around it and I thought I thought it was like a little a big bird getting attacked by little birds okay when you say one object how and a few going around it like how big is that object to you and how how were those how many other a few other ones there was like three mm-hmm. the video and was it's, it it's hard to see in the video the, well when I first saw this it looked long mm-hmm. and I thought and if I had to say how far, it's hard for me to tell how far it is. But the little the little ones were going behind the clouds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, first I thought, is it some balloons? And I was trying to be logical about it. I was like, this might, it's, I mean, you know, Valentine's Day was just a, two days ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe some people have a bunch of balloons. Maybe somebody opened a car and went, a bunch of balloons went out. I thought, that must be it. And then I started looking at YouTube videos of balloons. People did these re- experiments mm-hmm. because that's a logical explanation for UFO. This doesn't look nothing like them videos that people released multiple balloons, one balloon, uh, you know, different shaped balloons. This looks nothing like that. And if you look at the video, I, I hope you can put it. I, mm-hmm. I'll send you some some of the clips, and you maybe you can put it in the podcast. Mm-hmm. But you can see there's something shooting out the bottom of the, mm-hmm. the UFO. And there's like a little glow around it. And it's kind of like moving like this. And I haven't put anything about what well, I'm about to tell you on, mm-hmm. online. But that same day, they saw something just like it in Pakistan. <laughs> and that, there's been articles written about that, that object. But we didn't stay out there too long because we were working. We couldn't stay out there and watch it for like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. We stayed out there for like five minutes and watched it. And it, it ended up kind of going away, moving over. I don't know what it was, you know. We're we're still trying. I sent um, the news, the video, and some pictures, mm-hmm. the Atlanta news and stuff, and they're looking into it. But besides that, I don't know. I really don't know what it could be. I mean, I want to keep my mind open. I don't think it's aliens or something. Mm-hmm. It could be a drone. It could be a. I mean, but I don't know. Maybe somebody can reach out and give me an <laughs> give me an idea of what it could I be. Think, oh, also, do uh, you mind putting the uh, the mic just a little bit sideways? Uh, oh no! Or just uh, just a tiny bit, because okay. yeah, there we go. Um, but uh, let's see. Did you I see believe, it? Uh, I watched one clip of it, and I was like, I'm gonna wait because I want to watch. I want to ask you this before yeah. I watch the rest of it. Like, um, it's kind of like when I watch, when I, like see a game. I was like, oh, I like oh, this. I oh yeah, wait. one of the craziest parts was, mm-hmm. and this is one that's got me really confused is right before the video's over, mm-hmm. it starts sparking. It starts lighting up all over. Hmm. And then it kind of starts disappearing after that. And I don't know what, I mean, what kind of balloons spark up? I mean, I, it could have been something else. I don't know. But the way it looked, it looked very interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm glad we got it on, on video because it'd be hard to explain if we didn't. But who yeah. knows? It, it might, I mean, we might get some uh, feedback from these places and maybe they'll tell us. What they, what it might be, I don't know. Well, I 100, 100% believe in like UFOs. I mean, there's been, um, uh, Pentagon has like proved that, you know, hey, this is real. Yeah. And UFO doesn't exactly mean aliens, it means unidentified object, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it could be they anything. They call it U, I think UA, or UAPs now. Yeah, they could change the or name. Or something of like it. that. Yeah, I, I do too, but then, you know, 
you, you, I'm kind of, it's kind of weird how the government all of a sudden started saying, okay, yeah, sure, we'll talk about them. You know, mm-hmm. hey, let's send all these videos. I know there's a few people out there that's kind of pushing it. I think Lou Alizano and uh, a few other people are, um, are kind of pushing for the, for the videos to be released. I wonder, though, because I wonder if it's some kind of psyop. Are they trying to, you know, this is conspiratorial thinking. Because mm-hmm. for years and years, UFOs, they've been around. Everything's been happening. Then now all these videos are released. It's on the news. It's on the mainstream news, all this stuff that mm-hmm. used to not be. So is it like a psyop? Are they trying to just, uh, dis- you know, distract? <clears throat> I think, me personally, it is like, it, they put it out in 2020, right? Yeah. Right in the middle of the p- pandemic. And they're like, we have all this shit going on. This thing's going left and right. If we do release this, which we'll probably... I think they think that we're going to find out at some point because this is social media age. And you can't... It's hard to hide things now as the government. Like, example, like what's happening in Russia and Ukraine. Yeah. Um, people saying like most of the stuff, like news is like propaganda. Like, no, people in Ukraine and people in Russia are putting out videos from their phone and uploading it. Like, it's hard to... The sad part is is they've lied to us so much mm-hmm. that we have to have that in the back of our head now. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look back and watch things about Iraq, even the Gulf War, mm-hmm. any major event that's happened, they they get so much wrong initially, and then you find out, oh, yeah, that was a lie. That was fake. So er, people people just don't believe shit mm-hmm. now. And that's a problem because when something true happened, I believe this, this stuff in Ukraine's real. Mm-hmm. I believe all that stuff is really happening. But the sad part is, is people have lo- have lost their faith mm-hmm. in the establishment and the media. So now mm-hmm. we don't know what to believe. Oh, we don't know yeah. what to believe no more. The, uh, well, the stuff in Ukraine is like definitely happening, but oh, people yeah. are saying that um, like Ukraine is um, one being Russia, and all the Russian citizens are with Russia right now, which is you know very much not the case. They're trying to take it down. Russia is trying to you know do their own little propaganda, mm-hmm. but the Russian citizens are saying that, hey, we're not backing this. This is all one man's idea. This is all in his head. Yeah. And, you know, the ambassador of, of Russia is even, you know, not, he, he didn't say that, oh, you know, outright, but, you know, this is all Putin going on in yeah. his head. And this is not like Russia as the people. And people are coming out and speaking about it. But when they do come out and speak about it, they're putting them in jail and trying to erase whatever happened. But it's like, once that's up, you can't really hide that. Like, yeah. yeah, once it's on the internet, it's on the internet. Yeah, so. people generally in all countries are against war, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, this, I don't know the whole story. I'm not a, like a, you know, an expert on Ukrainian history and stuff. Mm-hmm. But from what I've looked at it, there's a certain section of Ukraine that identifies with Russia. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain section that identifies with Europe. Mm-hmm. And, and the... the and there's something going on there, and I didn't know this either, that Ukraine used to be the capital. Kiev used to be a capital of Russia. Yeah. Like, they, that it wasn't Moscow. I didn't, I didn't know how much they were connected. <clears throat> One thing I do know is that we don't, Americans don't need to be over there fighting, and they don't need to be sending my son over there to mm-hmm. fight uh, Russians and stuff. I pers- personally think if back in... When they invaded Crimea, mm-hmm. they did they did for like a few weeks. They they kind of took over some stuff. Then they backed up. They backed up, and I hope that's as far as it goes. I hope they just they you know flex their muscle, do whatever they can do, and mm-hmm. then they they just retreat. 
I hope it ain't World War Three. I really yeah. don't. It could happen. I mean, as of right now, by the way, of the podcasting episode, this is day three of Russia invading Ukraine. Yeah. Because I don't. I'm not sure when this is going to be out. But um, one thing I'm 100% worried about is Taiwan. I don't know if you heard anything about that, but oh yeah, China is China's going to get Taiwan. If that does, then you know, and we're going to let them. Biden's already said that he is not going to interfere with mm-hmm. China. He said this a few weeks ago when he had a meeting with Xi Jinping. He's not going to interfere with China getting Taiwan. So that's already something that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It is the Olympics still going on? Are they still going on though? Because I think that as soon as that's over, yeah, that's going to happen. I think they're waiting for the Olympics because it'd be an easy thing to tell people, hey, we're not going to have the Olympics there mm-hmm. if they would have did it beforehand. But I think they would. And to be honest, looking, I think we're looking at the slow demise of the American Empire. Mm-hmm. You're seeing it happen in Afghanistan. You hear some static. Yeah, that's why I was trying to. Uh, figure out where that's coming from. But yeah, I think what you're seeing is the the, the demise of the American Empire. I, I mean, and the thing is, there's going to be a vacuum, and I don't know who's going to pick it up. Maybe maybe it will be China. I hope not. Yeah. What you want? Oh yeah, give me stop and pause this real quick. Okay. And we're back. I am sorry. I forgot to set something on my camera to make it. Um, Keep recording after 30 minutes. So I lost about 15 minutes of footage. <laughs> was it the um, UFO stuff, probably? Yeah, we're talking should about we UFO. St- <laughs> should we start there? <laughs> yeah, that's probably what did it. They're yeah. onto us, man. I know. Dang. But yeah, <clears throat> um, sorry about that, guys. But we're also talking about like Ukraine and stuff. Um, I don't remember what the last topic was, but yeah, um, it's pretty crazy. I know Ukraine just, uh, they're accepting all citizens now to um, fight for them. They just just handed out like 18,000 guns yesterday Mm -hmm. and the age limit is cut off now too. So now the teenagers and I guess maybe kids are taking guns now to defend themselves. And yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to beat Russia. That's probably going to make it worse. Yeah. But they just, they should have the right to fight for their home. And I don't know, they're not part of NATO. So, you know, Politically wise and treaty wise, we don't have an obligation. The countries around it, they can, you know, that's the thing though. You know, we have NATO. There's all kinds of NATO countries around. Yeah, we got NATO. Ukraine and mm-hmm. Poland, and uh, is right there. So, you know, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully it deescalates. Mm-hmm. I hope it does. But we, the main thing is, our president right now. Mm-hmm has some interest in Ukraine Mm -hmm. and he has for a long time. You know, you remember Trump got impeached because Mm -hmm. he was talking to the Ukrainian president about Biden saying, Mm -hmm. you should investigate, you know, you should look into this. And then everybody's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't even talk about that. So we're going to, you know, got impeached. So there's something going on there. We don't know the right, what's really going on right now. Mm -hmm. There's it. And I promise you it ain't, it ain't, um, we're not trying to, uh, be, morally like it ain't about us protecting democracy or let's oh we got to save these people there's some business interest going on there that we're, that nobody's really talking about it's going it's do with oil and pipelines and mm-hmm. mineral resources and we'll find out about it in five years or something somebody write a book but um right now we're just looking at it happening i hope things don't spill over into mm-hmm. other countries i hope russia retreats and they have some kind of um, ceasefire 
some kind of neutral agreement. I think Ukraine's trying to do that. Mm-hmm. They're trying to come to the table for some kind of say, hey, Ukraine be neutral. Just, just you know, back up. I think that's what Russia wants. We'll see. I mean, <clears throat> Putin may have can't walked into a trap, though. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid he might have because now, now um, they're going to put a lot of sanctions. He's put a lot of sanctions on him, mm-hmm. and they might try to take him out of the financial system. And then, and then, I worry about cyber attacks yeah. on America's infrastructure. And I think that's there's another emergency going to come eventually, and I think that's going to be the next one. My, that's just that's I see that I see the writing on the wall mm-hmm. that that's some kind of cyber attack knocks out the power knocks out the internet something and I I don't know I hope I'm wrong but this would be if it happened right now it would it, Russia would be to blame they'd say yeah. look look at what Russia did you know yeah I don't know where we go from um, there okay so <clears throat> when they sanction the oil sanction all this stuff they're like taking away taking away like um, rights they used to have basically right um, yeah uh, what does it mean when they, you sanction a person like I know what happens when you sanction things or you know uh, things with the country but what does it mean when you sanction a, a individual person because they keep asking why don't you sanction Putin yeah and the people... I'm not sure I know he's one of the richest men on earth mm-hmm. you know so I think they're trying to get him out of the swift banking system that's the system that does all the payment processing for all the the big transactions between the oil companies and all the com- countries they're trying to kick him out of that mm-hmm. he said if you do that that's a declaration of war mm-hmm. so we all should be hoping that they don't do that because then he'll feel like he has to save face and do something back to us because that's how these people work it's a bunch of egos you know they feel like if one person does something another person has to do something back they're trying to save face and not look weak. Mm-hmm. So if they do that, then he's going to have to do something. I don't know what yeah. it will be. He said it will be something that's never been done before. Yeah. I don't I know. Mean, I hope things. I hope they don't do that. I hope that next week we're, we're sitting here and we're talking about how Russia turned around, went back into Russia, and everything's going to be smoothed over. Yeah. Well, going back to Taiwan, like what I'm afraid of, if China does attack Taiwan, um... Whether the U.S. does get involved or doesn't, I'm not sure. But, like, for example, uh, there's other countries that also want other territory. <laughs> Big one is North Korea and South Korea. North Korea has been wanting South Korea for a very long time, and all they would like to do is flex their military. That's all they do. Yeah. And so if China takes advantage of the situation right now and goes after Taiwan, I feel like North Korea would also do the same thing in any other countries that want yeah, it's open season. Yeah. And that's what, what you're seeing now is America, you know, we've put ourselves out there. Mm-hmm. We've said, said to all these countries, hey, we'll protect you. We'll protect yeah. you here. We'll protect you here. We'll protect you here. But we're broke. We have no money. We're $30 trillion in debt. You know, our, um, and they seen what happened in Afghanistan. You know, we had to leave that country. We had mm-hmm. to do it. You know, that's one thing you can criticize Biden about, but we could have left differently. We had to get out of there. And if we would have stayed there a year longer, we would have been there 10 years longer because mm-hmm. we would have had to surge with more troops and, you know, kick back the Taliban. We already had to deal with them. So it sucks, but that showed the way we left that country. It looked weak. I don't. I really don't know a good way of doing it, but that's why you don't do these things. That's why mm-hmm. you shouldn't go in Afghanistan to begin with. You shouldn't go in Iraq. You shouldn't do these regime change wars to begin with because there's no good end. It's expensive. It's short-sighted, and now you see 
that it was just for money. They were mm-hmm. just selling weapons. You know, the, they're trillions and trillions of dollars of weapons. And if you had talked to me a week or two ago, I would have told you that that's what Ukraine's about. Mm-hmm. They were saber rattling. And I think America was thinking that's what all Ukraine was going to be. They were going to be, Putin was over here threatening. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to sell a bunch of weapons. Nothing ever happens. Our weapons manufacturers, they uh, make a lot of money. And then at, maybe it'll just go, he'll back off. And then we everybody's made a lot of money. Everybody's happy. But they, I don't think they accounted for him actually doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. So what happens now? I don't know. I really, I really don't know. I, it's scary because it can turn into something quick. Yeah. And I don't think we're in a position now where, you know, America thinks of war as something you hear about in the 5 o'clock news mm-hmm. once a day. We don't think of war as something that's happening in our mm-hmm. towns and streets exactly. and our backyards. And it could be that way. It could turn out that way. And if there's another world war, there's nothing stopping, um, um, you know, China has how many, uh, like, a few, two billion people or something? I mean, they have a lot of people. Their army is like 10 times the size yep. of people. So just imagine, let's throw a, a million Chinese soldiers in, you know, uh, in America, you know, and then we still got, you know, a few million here in China, you know. Mm-hmm. So what, what do we do there? I hope it doesn't get to that point. I really don't. But this is what you're seeing now is some short side foreign policy that happened back, you know, when Bush was around, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you go back there. And see, I used to be a super liberal. Like I was super liberal back in the day, and I would, I, and I, I still have that in me, you know, because now I'm more libertarian. But I was against all the wars. I've ever, I'm against all these wars. I'm against this one. I'm against all of them. I wish we could find other ways. I feel like war is an ancient thing that we need to move past. And the reason we're still doing it now, mainly, is to sell weapons. It ain't because it has to be done. It's because we have American jobs. We're trying to keep. They're making guns, they're making bombs, and a lot of these con- congressmen want to keep these things going. And if you're making weapons, you got to sell them. You can't just put them in a warehouse somewhere. So we got to, there's a, there's an um, incentive to keep this thing going forever, mm-hmm. for like, long wars to keep going. Not just like um, weapons, but like money, wherever they are, like Afghanistan, oil. Like that was a big one. Yeah, and lithium. And uh, you got to think too with Afghanistan, what else came out of there? Mm-hmm. Opium, all you know, it co- coincides with 2001 to 2020 or 2000. More people died from you know heroin, fentanyl, uh, pain pills, all this stuff, all that opium and stuff. Ninety percent of the opium and uh, narcotics come from Afghanistan. How are we getting that? You you, you have to. T- there has to be. That's not criminals bringing it out mm-hmm. there. That's some kind of companies that are going in there. Yeah, American soldiers protecting poppy fields, you know. And then you got American people over here dying. And you got drug companies, you know, coming up with all these new pills. And and um, I watched the video the other day. It was like, it was nine years old, but it was when Oxycontin just got created. They had they had like eight people. And they were, these people were saying, man, this, this drug, I just take it. I'm not loopy. I'm not tired. It just gets rid of my pain. It's amazing. I can work now. And then they go down like eight years down the road, all them people are dead from overdoses or they're drug acts or they're like, you know, they're heroin acts. And that just, that happened. All this stuff is connected. So, you know, yeah, so the drug companies had a lot to do with 
like Afghanistan, they all they are is the resources, you know. Mm-hmm. There was no reason for us to go in there. They didn't have anything to do with 9-11. Nothing. There, I mean, this to this day, that was that was a big lie. Most of those hijackers in 9-11 were Saudi Arabian. I mean, we didn't go to war with Saudi Arabia, you know. Mm-hmm. Iraq had nothing to do with 9-11. So you, you're seeing now we're, we're facing the consequences of these short-sighted um, choices that were made by greedy people 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, I mean, like... My girlfriend keeps saying the same thing over and over anytime I talk about it. She's just like, these people with power just can't have enough power, basically. And these power-hungry people, they just want... You have so much, and they don't... They can't appreciate what they have They because they just want more. That's Like, they just want more and well, more Well, it's more. a Ponzi scheme what's happening now, and they got to get more, or it all falls apart. They have to keep it going. They have to keep these things going, or it's all just going to fall apart. It's all going to collapse. You know, um, and this is all, it's all connected. You know, I've, I look, I've, uh, listened to and everybody from Alex Jones Mm -hmm. to like the super, super liberal people and try to get some, get information from all the sides. And I see right now that a lot of the internet kind of backfired and information, they don't have the control of information that they used to at all. Mm-hmm. And it's every time they've tried to start a war in the past 10 years, it's failed. They started trying to do it in Syria. It failed. Everybody just said, no, we're not doing it anymore. They had to back up and do some kind of covert war with uh, some rebels and stuff. And Trump ended up putting some troops in there, too. And we're in, we're still there today. But uh, they they won another big war. They, they And this, I think Putin just gave it to them. They just, he, they just, he just gave them the war they've been wanting. And I'm afraid that they're going to escalate just to get this thing going, just so they can sell more weapons. I worry. So our best thing that could happen is if he just turns around and goes back in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And they're still going to try to start something. But that's the best thing we can hope for. We can't, we can't just get all riled up and be like, let's go to war with Russia. Come on. That's mm-hmm. what they want us to do. That's what they want. we got to cool down, realize that, you know, your six or seven year old kid right now, there's a good chance if we start this war that they're going to be fighting this war in, you know, 10 years, 10 mm-hmm. to 12 years. Because some people, you know, are, we're not even born when 9 11 happened and they're fighting the wars now. So that's, that's what we got to think about here. It ain't going to, it ain't going to be me and you. It may be me and you. Who knows what, how this thing can turn around. Do you think if something like, for example, if China, one thing that could happen is China attack Taiwan and then India takes advantage of the situation because they want, there's a part of China that India wants. That's another one. And if India attacks China, then we're with India. Like, we're, India's NATO, everything. Like, we're aligned with them. That means if India attacks China, that's a world war automatically. Yeah. And Russia's with China already. And yeah, things gonna go crazy from there. So if a world war, war does happen, and say within like the next year or so, they start doing. Well, it doesn't have to be that long, but like they start doing troops, like civilians. Do you think you would get you would go if you had an option, or no? It's a hard know. one. You know, um, no. What I know, I don't know if I would want. I would like to protect America, mm-hmm. but I don't want to go to some foreign country and mm-hmm. start shooting at people that I don't know. Yeah, and they did nothing to me. And just and I did nothing to them, and then we're shooting each other. I think we got to move past that, you know. 
What I worry about is more or less the big thing is the dollar collapsing because that's the only thing that holds up America right now is the fact that we've kind of got a gunpoint everybody saying you better use our dollar mm-hmm. or else. Iraq tried to go away from the dollar. They, you know, Iran. The, there's a few countries out there that trade on other things besides the dollar. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, Iran, Russia, Libya did for a little while, for a little while, and then now you see what happened to them. And so if our dollar collapses, which inflation's going through the roof now, if people say this, the dollar is not something we can trust anymore, China's going to step in. And what China wants to do is have a digital currency. They want, and America might try to do that too. That's the worst thing that can happen to us if they do a digital currency. I mean, I feel like they was really pushing. I don't know if it was actually like a coin shortage, but we saw that recently. You yeah, know, that was not by accident. Yeah, you know, they they cash money is the only way you can really hide what you buy right now they've mm-hmm. got everybody uses cards and stuff but see the thing about digital currency is if um if they go, go to a digital currency say you got a thousand dollars in your bank account uh and you don't want to spend it you're just and it, you, say the interest rate was one percent you know mm-hmm. so in one year you'll make you know what ten dollars so if digital currency came they could actually change the interest rates and make them negative and you couldn't do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. You can't take your money out. You know, they could do a negative interest rate where they take your money out. They, your money's worth less and less every day, kind of like it is now. But they literally just take it away from you and say, look, we got 5% negative interest now. Mm-hmm. That would be great for the people buying all the land and stuff and buying all the houses. It's terrible for people that don't have a lot of money. They just have some money in the bank. And you can't just take it out and hide it in your mattress no more. Mm-hmm. It's all digital. It's not even real. So they can do whatever they want to with the money, if if they if it goes to digital currency. And there's a good clip right now that uh, on off the Joe Rogan podcast where they kind of explain where this vaccine passport and the digital currency kind of comes in. A lot of people think the vaccine passport and was kind of the infrastructure for the digital currency because eventually you'll have a QR code and you'll have to go around. But the thing is, they can tie it to other things you do in life. Mm-hmm. Like, say you didn't pay your taxes. Well, guess what? You don't pay your taxes, you can't go to the grocery store. Or say you, uh, let's switch over to like, let's, uh, you've ate too much meat this month. You know, you go to the grocery store, buy a pound of ground beef, they tell you, no, you already had your amount of meat this month. Mm-hmm. You can't buy that. You got to put that back. They can do all that as long as they have the ultimate control of the digital currency. So we got to resist the digital currency. It's going to sound good. It's going to sound great, especially whenever the dollar collapses and all our money is almost worthless. They're going to come in and say, hey, we got a, we got a solution. We may not have a choice then. Yeah. I but, mean, even right now, like uh, having your money in the bank, say if you save up money and you have like 20000 in the bank right now, you don't actually have 20000 in the bank. You go, you try to go to the bank right now and get 20000 out and see how that goes. Yeah. You know? Like... Um, if it, anything over ten thousand, you they have to check a lot of stuff, <laughs> and sometimes they won't have the money. Like 
they just don't have it, you know? Yeah. So if some emergency happens... Unless you're a rapper. <laughs> yeah. And then you're the only one. They got plenty of cash for you to carry mm-hmm. around. Well, even then, like, if you have, like, a, um, you see the videos and stuff, people are talking about, like, oh, I'm taking out 100000 And Mr. Beast, he is very openly about his money, mm-hmm. right? But if you go in there and you're saying you got 100000 or a million dollars, you have to tell them ahead of time. Yeah, and they got to get away, it. Yeah. And then they have to get it. Like, But if an emergency happens, and you're trying to get all of your money out right now because it's the, tough. the bank's going to close out like they shut down the banks in russia right mm-hmm. if that happens to us and you you want to get your money out you're not getting it out you're just screwed yeah like the twenty thousand you have is no longer there it's you're left with zero dollars yeah it's a tough time it's really the only solution is to go to you, you need to own something mm-hmm. you need to buy things now and have them and own own things that's really i mean everybody wants to save money but right now i i, I used to have a 401k but after I saw what happened, I saw this. I worked, used to work with this man. He worked for 45 years at Shaw and saved up. He had like $300,000 in his 401k. Now, he used to play around with it, though. He would invest here, invest there. 9 11 happened. He lost every bit of it besides like 80 grand <laughs> that one day. So that tells you that you're gambling. If you put mm-hmm. money in the stock market right now, even, even if everybody says, oh, you got to, how are you going to protect yourself when you retire? You're gambling. You're hoping that the the things don't collapse and they mm-hmm. don't take all your money because it's not there. It's not yours. As long as it's in that market, it's not there. Now, cryptocurrency is a good thing now if you don't put it in the exchange, if you're not playing around with well, it. With are taxing that now, too. Even like, not, like, um, just like if I want to send money to you, to you on Cash App, Cash App, Cash App is now taxed, you know? Oh, but, yeah. Um, ca- um, there are getting people who have NFTs and the Bitcoins and stuff and who didn't ever pay taxes and because i think what it is the new law is like um it's not a it's not a it's pretty high amount it's like twenty thousand dollars i think if you use you know then you gotta pay taxes and now it's like okay now every dollar you spend but they gave you a break but there are people who spent thousands of dollars you know last year and never paid that because it's now a tax law and they're finding Mm -hmm. you you think bitcoin like a lot of people think bitcoin like is anonymous and they can't find you but like all you need is time and resources. To yeah, Bitcoin is actually the opposite. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see every th- transaction. The problem is, as long as you... I don't know a whole lot. Of, now, I I kick myself every day because back when Bitcoin came out, and like it was like 2011, 2010, it started talking about it. Mm-hmm. It was uh, like $9 for Bitcoin. I saw this stuff. Mm-hmm. I heard people buying it. People buying thousands of them. And I was like... I don't know, man. That's a waste of money. I ain't gonna do that. I was I was even this close to buying a Bitcoin or buying two or three, and I didn't do it. And now I see it's up. To, I mean, it's like forty grand right now. It's it's <laughs> went up to fifty grand in the past. So you got millionaires out there for people who just made this one decision. I think that's we can only hope that that's still viable and they don't shut that down because mm-hmm. that will be a way that we now the government won't support it. Mm-hmm. But if we could just have, if they don't shut the internet down and stuff, if we can just, we can barter amongst each other. And I think now the barter is one thing that will keep things going. You know, if you have stuff and somebody needs it and they have stuff that you need, we may resort to that stuff in the future. If there's no, um, if there's no cash, you know, mm-hmm. if there's no, um, if money's worthless, you know, you had to go back to that stuff. But then you got to watch for them making that illegal too, you know? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, true. it's like the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really looking like Hunger Games. And um, 
I don't know. I hope they don't go that, don't down that path, but um, it usually gets really bad before it gets really good. So things switch back. So we might be going to a stage where it's bad. You know, things are rough. But I have faith in humanity. I think that eventually things will be better. Yeah, I think um, you can't have the good without the bad anyway. Yeah. Sometimes it gets really fucking bad. Like, really fucking bad. But, yeah. Um, like, like well, in 2019, was probably, like, the worst thing you was, like, worried about. Like, I don't know, a car payment or something. I don't know. Something small. Yeah. Or you, something in your house you don't have. You're just like, oh. I, I was worried about... A biological weapon. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I should have been. <laughs> yeah, and then like you know, twenty twenty hits, and what, a lot of people start to appreciate you know what they have now. Like you know, people were scared for their lives. I remember, especially in like I think it was March. Is is that whenever we went on lockdown in twenty twenty? Yeah, March. Yeah, March. Two weeks to stop the spread. Yeah. Just and two weeks. I, that, I remember at that moment, like just a mask. People were, including me. I was fucking scared because no one oh, knew yeah. what was going to happen my buddy gave me a gun and i still have your gun by the way jordan come get it like i keep saying i'm gonna give it to him he lost it in a boat <laughs> accident he don't have it but yeah he gave me a gun because i was like dude i don't know what's going to happen people might start like you know trying to rob yeah, each other crazy yeah because people was taking toilet paper and i would be worried else. living here too mm-hmm. especially yeah. when like the summer 2020 when like all them riots were happening like you live kind of close to yep. town yep and there was a little statue down here people don't like. Yeah. So I was I was thinking, <laughs> I hope things don't, don't turn sideways. Yeah, I mean, I was actually driving by the statue a lot, and I, I'm sorry. I think that stuff is so stupid. I agree. <laughs> it's, uh, but, <clears throat> hey, do your own, I guess, or whatnot. Yeah. But I don't think the statue, whether it's there or not there, it's not going to change much. Like No, and I, I think that was actually, when whenever things like that, become the center of attention it, I think people made a mistake like mm-hmm. why are we arguing about the statue yeah. first of all I mean I, most people don't know this guy who this guy is I don't even really know who he is I, I mean, still don't just, know who he he's is he's just there I can't I, I mean I know it's I know you I don't want them to try to sanitize history and stuff but I think people get caught up in them things and it's, and it's a big distraction mm-hmm. you know I, it's not a big deal statues statues come and go you know throughout mm-hmm. history that's not a, a stone statue it's not I mean it wasn't I mean it wasn't it had some historical significance and I'm sure the guy was great I don't know I really don't know yeah but I feel like when people he was part of the confederacy I think mm-hmm. and that was a uh, you know they did try to like tear America apart so it's like you know I don't understand why people care so much about that. I, I mean, I, I mean, if you take a statue down, you're not going to erase in history. No, it still happened. You can move it somewhere. Yeah, you know, and that's, that's take still, it to a museum, whatever a museum, and we can still talk talk about it. You know, but then again, people getting offended about the statue. I feel mm-hmm. like they were they were reaching too. Mm-hmm. Like, do you really care? How much do you care yeah. about the statue? Are you trying to find something to be upset about? Yeah. So it's like both these people need to calm down. You're not. You're not. You're arguing about something that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, I would be worried if I was close to town, like you are, and some shit like that started no, yeah, happening. Yeah, like I said, my buddy, <laughs> I'd I be I worried. Have, I didn't have a gun or nothing because I was, you know, 2019. I wasn't scared at all. And then 2020, my buddy gave me a gun, and I'm like, you know, hunkering down, getting ready. Like, I, you know, I don't know my neighbors that well. They're actually pretty cool. I don't yeah. want to say that. But, like, you know. Yeah, well, I, I, I didn't know mine that well at the time. Yeah. I lived in Calhoun, but... um, 
but yeah it was a scary time you know and it's still going on mm -hmm. it's not over i mean i've had covid twice mm -hmm. and uh I, I personally think the second time was a whole different virus you know mm -hmm. i had because i had immunity i've been around people that had the virus before mm -hmm. and i didn't get it and then i turned around and i got it nobody else in my house got it but, but i ended up getting it <clears throat> it's uh i don't know i feel like there's so much going on but you know, I, I don't know how much of it's controlled, how much of it is an accident, how much mm -hmm. just things just happen. I read an article last night. It was talking about it from New York Times. This guy says he found a where the virus came from the market, you know. Mm -hmm. He said, oh, look, I found this. I found, look, look where, it, you, you can't even trust that anymore. Because, you know, I think if it would have came from the market, we would have found that out already, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like they're trying to hide something. You know, who knows? Well, um, yeah, last month I got COVID. Literally everybody in my family got COVID. My grandparents got it. My papa actually just died last week, which is why I've not been putting podcasts I'm out. I'm sorry to hear I, that. It's, it's okay. It happens. But, um, yeah, that's the reason I haven't been putting out podcasts. And whenever you, I put out that episode, um, I think it was the day before or the day after um, he passed away. And, um, yeah. Uh, I was meaning to get to you sooner, but that's kind of the reason. That's fine. But like, uh, not only that, but my 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 cousin Tyler, he has five kids. All of them got COVID. My dad, who has a newborn, she's not even one year old yet, she got COVID. And my little sister, who's also seven, got COVID. Like everybody in my family got COVID. Actually, everybody but my girlfriend. My son had it. I had mm -hmm. it. My girlfriend never got it. So you know, she may <laughs> have already had it in the past and didn't know it. I mean, know? I had it. I had it one time, and well. Not officially, but I was pretty damn sure I got it in like December. I was pretty bad. December of 2019 or 2020? Oh, 2020. Okay. Yeah. A lot, a lot, there's a lot of people out there that said, I called it back in November. That's true. Like, I, yeah, I, I know. I know. Yeah. It's, and the truth is, we don't know what it was. Yeah. I mean, who, and to this day, I mean, I don't know how serious things were because I've, I've seen some things where they were saying the hospital. I feel like it was worse in 2021 mm -hmm. than it was in 2020. Because I knew people. Think about like actually in 2020 when everything was going on. How many people did you actually know that got it? Um, not that much. And I didn't. Like, I didn't know. You hear about people dying and stuff, but it's like it was here and there and whatnot. And, and more later it got. You know, after Christmas was especially when it got bad. Like yeah. 2021, the beginning of yeah, it. Yeah, 2021. Yeah, right after Christmas, <clears throat> and especially this year too. Right after, right after Christmas, it something was like, happened mm -hmm. at the end of 2020. Mm -hmm. And then everybody started getting sick. No, it's it's Christmas. Yeah. And um. But now some people started taking a medical procedure. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But I just know that in 2020, in my personal life, mm -hmm. I didn't feel like a lot of people got it. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as 2021 come around, I got it like in February. My mom, my stepdad got it. Like everybody at work got it. And then come a year later, we all get it again. Mm -hmm. I feel like in 2020. It was bad. I know some people died. I def definitely did. But now they're come, they're talking about how it was um, a lot of people were dying with COVID, mm -hmm. not of COVID. So I don't know. You know, all cause mortality has went up to as high as it's ever been. That's what the insurance companies are saying mm -hmm. right now. Like every all people dying for all different reasons. So I don't know. You know, we'll see. We'll see where this pans out, but I, I hope that we're it's over. I, mm -hmm. I hope that we've seen the end of it. There's not another variant that comes out and try to take us all out. I think it will if people, 
Like, I know people are against masks and people are against, like, a lot of things because they have their rights or whatnot. Yeah. But, like, it does help. <laughs> like, to an extent, I mean, it's I not... I found out that masks, though, I, I was listening to this thing the other day. If you wear a mask and you mm-hmm. have a beard like me and you, mm-hmm. apparently it doesn't help at all. Like, when you put a beard on mm-hmm. and all this is open and all this is open mm-hmm. and, like, your mustache, everything, apparently it's like... It's, it doesn't help as much. But if you get an N95 mask, mm-hmm. put it on good, it should help. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely should help. But, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I think after Christmas is definitely what made it. Because think about how many people go out of the country and or just out of the state, mainly, too. Come back in. Yeah, and my, my grandparents came in. I had some people from, like, Kentucky, some people from Ohio. And then I also had people from, like, Louisiana. I'll come in to see each other and then they all go back to where they live and then they go to their, their jobs and then those people go back to their families and it's just like all over the place yeah we we have to make a decision whether we're going to just you know accept that you know we're, we're going to have diseases just like before mm-hmm. you know just like I'm sure we got flu from it from events in the past and we didn't really blame people for giving it to us or I'm sure we got colds and viruses and bugs that family get-togethers in the past but right now we're hyper focused on like our health mm-hmm. and like when and trying to track down where you get it from like who got it to you because my niece had it at Christmas and then I thought I had it like and uh, then I, I guess I didn't have it because I ended up catching it again but like we're really hyper focused on like and that's not you know it's it didn't used to be that way like you get sick you get sick you know you didn't try to track down where you got it from yeah. or, or like try to figure out like whether you got it because somebody wasn't following the rule or something. <clears throat> but yeah, um, I hope, I, I really hope we're past this and, uh, but things are different now and I don't think they'll ever be the same. And hopefully the, um, hopefully nothing else comes out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's just something more I have to live with now. I don't, I don't think it's going to disappear anytime soon, but you know, hopefully it does. But mm-hmm. I just I don't see it happening, and unless you're like you cut off everything, like New Zealand, like they're doing yeah. great, <laughs> but basically because they don't let, they're very strict about everything, not letting people in or out. Yeah, and like whenever they get like one person that has COVID, they shut down like the entire country. Like, yeah, yeah, and it's like oh, you know, I don't think that's the way to live. No, and we, and we <laughs> can't do that in America. It's and this, too big. this zero COVID idea, you know, in America is really the last place that has the freedoms that we have, and you you see that whenever something like COVID happens, like mm-hmm. a lot of places don't they can't say whatever, you know, they can't do whatever, and the idea that the government could stop shutting down churches and stuff because of COVID, you know, I don't know. That's a that's a line that wasn't crossed before you know and making it shutting businesses down mm-hmm. like you can shut all these small businesses down but walmart stays open. yeah it's true walmart never shut down uh lowe's never shut down but the hardware store had shut down the cell phone you know he had to shut down mm-hmm. he never opened back up lowe's it has the big, biggest profit in ever and so does you know so i don't know it was there was the biggest transfer of wealth ever in history from the poor and middle class to the rich during that happened you know and that every time emergency happens it seems 
that is what happens. Mm-hmm. We suffer, you know, way more than the rich and powerful. So, you know, I don't know if they just react different. They see things coming. They, you know, I don't know. But I think going forward, we have to pay attention to is what emergency powers does the government have? Because if you don't have, you only have freedoms whenever there's not an emergency, Mm -hmm. then you don't have freedoms. Mm -hmm. Because if a government can come in and say, oh, there's an emergency happening. You don't have, you can't talk. You can't go outside. You can't do this. Mm-hmm. Then all they have to do is come up with an emergency, you know? Mm-hmm. So I hope that in the future, we kind of get away from this emergency. Even back when terrorism, everybody's scared of terrorism, you know? You know, that a lot of things we let happen, you know, the way taking shoes off in the airport and all this mm-hmm. stuff, you know, and searching people. And, you know, we, you got to look at the emergency powers that government have because, Right now, I feel like almost my whole life, there's been emergencies happening, one after the other. And if that's the case, you know, governments don't like to give back things after they've got it, mm-hmm. powers. You know, there's not a whole lot of examples of the government's kind of backing up. You know, after terrorism, we all lost our right for privacy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we all know their phones are listening to us. Yeah. That, you know, 100%, like, 100%. You talk about anything, yeah. you get an ad. Okay. Yeah. We know that the NSA keeps everything in these huge warehouses. And that's something that would have been like a crazy thing to say 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, but we all know that's happened now. Why did that happen? There was an emergency. We had to do that. We had to take all your, uh, you know, all your communication devices. We have to spy on you, and you know, we have mm-hmm. to do all this stuff just in case. You know, so I think we have to focus when there's an emergency, especially right now when we're about to go to war. Mm-hmm. We have to focus on like, what are they going to try to do? What what freedoms are they going to try to take away? Because there really isn't nowhere else to yeah. go in a, in this in this world. This is the last place that yeah. you can have a gun. You can say what you want. You can pretty much do what you want. And I know we take it for granted. But, you know, when you see how the other the world was reacting with COVID and stuff, it, it I raised my eyebrow. I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of glad. I'm kind of glad we still have freedoms mm-hmm. over here. Freedom is extremely important. And the thing is, government, they, they just bullshit us so damn much that whenever it's, it's you know, the boy who cries wolf. It's like whenever mm-hmm. something's actually happening, no one wants to listen to him. And most of the time, the government, it's also takes it a bit far sometimes too but whenever the government says one thing and people don't want to listen and but you have people who are like doctors or scientists and just people who've been doing this for a living the whole life and they're trying to say the same thing as the government and i feel like that's whenever you start you should start to listen is whenever the, the government's talking about a topic and then you have someone who's been doing this topic for like you know whatever career choice for like 20 to 40 years and they're coming out and not just like one person but like a, you know most of them are all mm-hmm. coming out and saying the same thing like hey you know we're, we're agreeing with what the government says i feel like that's whenever people should actually listen but that's not the case like if the government would just shut the hell up sometimes and the professionals would take would you know say something yeah, about it they, people would listen more yeah they were listening to certain doctors mm-hmm. you know but there was also an, where you know the, an agenda where they were not interested in any kind of treatments for COVID, 
I don't want to say COVID or nothing because it'll probably get you kicked well, out. Well, the, the thing is, wait, um, it'd be okay. Like, well, the, if someone dies from COVID, they get paid for it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. So, like, yeah, they want the thing is, was, um, I feel like they want actually people to be healthy and not die, you know. But if someone does come in the hospital, they would prefer to put a COVID death on it than not a COVID death. Yeah. But you know, I don't. There's an incentive to just call it COVID mm-hmm. when it's not. Yeah. But I'm, I'm more interested in, like, with a lot of doctors seeing COVID and they thought, you know, we can wait. Uh, we'll get a vaccine eventually, mm-hmm. and that, that's going to be good. But you know, it's going to be some time. You know, most vaccines take years and years to develop safely. So. How we treat this right now, and a lot of doctors are saying, let's find things that work. And they were, the, the establishment was not interested in hearing that at all. Mm-hmm. Anytime somebody said, look, I'm, this might work a little bit. No, 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 you're, you can't do that. You can't do that. You know, no, no, no. So it, it was like, it was this weird time, even to the day where we don't have a treatment for COVID. You know, mm-hmm. we're, I mean, the best thing to do is for vitamins, you know, keep hydrated, get rest. Mm-hmm. But like there were people trying things out and uh you know they i don't know i didn't take any of them things when i had mm-hmm. when i had covid luckily i'm young and healthy so i you know i had like one bad day with covid and after that i was kind of fine so i took um vitamins and uh took there's like a little cocktail of vitamins i took and then i was fine you know i still have a little cough to this day but <clears throat> but still the fact that they were they were just not wanting to talk about any treatments at all, mm-hmm. and I feel like they wanted to do that because they needed to justify the vaccine when it did come out. And they they needed to whenever that's that was going to be the one and only thing. That's still the one and only thing we can talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't talk about other things right now. I mean, yeah. you can't. They, they really come down hard on you. I, I don't even want to say it on here because the, yeah. the algorithm. Yeah, because you might have to cut this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as soon as you say the word COVID, like, it well, used you a to. Warning. Well, yeah, used to, it would be like, um, it would straight up just, like, uh, either mute the video or if you monetize something, it would take it all your money away, no matter what it is. Even yeah. if they're like, hey, this is fake information about COVID, or you're like, hey, I'm just saying, we're just talking about it like we are now. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. If you say the word, they take it away. But now, I think they've gotten a little bit better at it, but it's still not great. <laughs> like, yeah. They don't distract you immediately, but they do um, sometimes still you know, like demonetize it or whatnot. It, it would it would be really scary though right now if you're an older person or sick person. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. Like if you're older and you're sick, and you know going places and seeing people without masks, I can see how you're like, mm-hmm. oh my god, people just put a mask on. Please come on, come well, on, get just do. Please help me out here. I'm trying to live. The problem is with older people too is that like you grow up 60, 70 years a certain way. And then all of a sudden, you know, the government is going to tell you to put on a mask and tell you how to live your life. You know, like, no, I ain't going to do that. Mm -hmm. And they don't understand that, you know, how serious the situation really is. Yeah, it's uh, it was definitely tough. Um, But in no other time in history, though, like. Like when it comes to schools and stuff, like Mm -hmm. we were like, I hated sending my kids to school in masks every day. They hated it, too. 
And they were, you know, kids are always snot nosed anyways and coughing and sneezing mm -hmm. with with no COVID. They're just, they just do that. The idea of having to have a mask on all day, yeah, I hated that idea. And I was glad when they stopped, you know. Mm -hmm. A lot of places still make the kids wear a mask and stuff. But that, kids weren't really spreading it. Kids weren't really getting it. There's, mm -hmm. like a, there's always a one size fits all solutions when it comes to any of these things, you know. Mm -hmm. Like there's always, there's no, um, you know, there's there's no debate when it comes to these things. Everybody's got to have a mask. Everybody's got to have a medical procedure. Anything like that, you know. And th that's what that's why I wish things weren't. I wish things weren't that way. Yeah, I really do. Kids can be like little super spreaders, though. Yeah, well, <laughs> but, they can. Yeah, they can yeah. spread a lot of things. But, the, but they, when it comes to COVID, though, they weren't. Yeah, there they, really isn't any evidence saying that they were they were the ones mm -hmm. spreading it to people. Well, a lot of times, teachers are giving yeah. it to them. I have. Uh, family members who are in the medical field, um, mm -hmm. quite a few, and um, I took my son to the emergency room one time, and it was back I think 2020 and 2021. Anyway, I took him there, and I, you know, I was like, you know, does he have COVID? And she's on. She said, we're about to do a test, but let me tell you this: if he does have COVID, I'll give you a 95% that he, you won't. He, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Like most likely, you know. And I get the whole that they're trying to be safe, and it it is a good thing because some of these kids go home to their grandparents and whatnot. So, like, what the schools are doing with the mask and having, like, you're at the desk and you have, like, the walls right here and everyone's all separated. I get that and it somewhat is needed, but also at the same time, I see that and it makes me uncomfortable. Like, yeah, it, like these kids came and be together because... At lunch? They can't yeah. sit next to somebody? Yeah, it makes me uncomfortable, well, like, just at, talking at about it. At what time in history can you tell me that... The, the kids had to wear like had to be burdened and like because they were trying to protect the older people mm -hmm. you know a lot of times in, there's been a lot of history where you know you know the older people sacrificed and stuff mm -hmm. you know I don't I don't want anybody to, to die from COVID or to get sick with COVID because you know it, it's a terrible disease but you know we I don't think we should have flipped our world upside down over it I really shouldn't I think we look back now and we see that you know that mainly it was older sick people that got that got COVID not not that they got COVID but mm -hmm. that died from it mm -hmm. you know you see that and I don't want anybody that was going to live to 95 to die at 90 because of COVID that's terrible and I don't want to there's, I'm not minimalizing that mm -hmm. but we I think we have to think of the big picture and a lot of kids didn't go to school mm -hmm. they're never going to get them years back my kids are never going to get their kindergarten and pre-k years back you know, where they were, you know, they had to do all them things and they had, if they were around somebody, they had to be out a week, you know, mm -hmm. I had to be out of work, you know, all this stuff we took. I wish it didn't turn out that way, but the truth is, um, we did that because we didn't know at the yeah. time. We didn't, a lot of us didn't know what was going on. It was frustrating, but I understand why it happened. I'm going to be up. I'm going to be more upset if I find out it was a man-made virus mm -hmm. and it was something released and then oh I, yeah i'm gonna I, be a lot more upset if that I comes definitely out. believe that's what it is like yeah, if, i think anything, everybody believes that <laughs> yeah like of course i feel like it's man-made i don't think it came from fucking batman yeah <laughs> yeah i don't think it came from nature i mean and it since that that the origins are so important because if this thing was released on purpose and stuff and then if you look back at the, how we reacted mm -hmm. and how China was re 
remember the videos of China when it first happened? They were mm-hmm. like locking people in their houses. The whole there were people flopping around on the ground in the cities, like laying down everywhere. Yeah. Well, the, the, the worst one I saw was like um, they was uh, doing people like checking people in a train station, whatnot. And they didn't know who was sick and who wasn't. And there was like this old woman, just like a bunch of older people, and they're like trying to throw me to the train station. And they can't get in, like it's too full. And then they had like the batons, and they started beating on them because they couldn't get in. And they started beating like everybody in the pl- in the um, in the station. And it was just like really, really brutal and horrible yeah. thing to see. I think we should. There's something to the way the first weeks of COVID happened, and we mm-hmm. were looking at China and seeing how they were treating it. There's something to the way we reacted to it. Like, would if China wasn't doing treating it like that, if they weren't locking people in their houses, they didn't shut down all the businesses, they didn't do all that stuff, I don't know if we would have done that. Mm-hmm. I feel like we kind of followed their footsteps, and that might have been on, might not have been an accident, you know, mm-hmm. because that hurt our economy way worse than it hurt theirs. And the the lockdown idea, where did that come from? You know, because that wasn't a standard thing to do when a pandemic happens. Like before 2020, you know, there was a few pandemics that happened in the past with the, you know, I think the bird flu, the swine flu, you know, and uh, SARS back in 2002. Like there, we never even talked about lockdowns. Like it might've been, you know, the mask and the lockdowns, shutting schools down. That my idea might have been implanted into our culture by China, and we didn't even realize it. Because I remember them scary videos from China mm-hmm. of them people. I mean, people don't really. That never happened in America, where people were just like laying all over the streets and you know sick. Like they, I, I'd like to. I, I recall seeing videos where it looked really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Like it looked like Ebola was all over the place. You know, people just dying everywhere. So I don't know. You got to look. What were we? Was it like a, a psychological thing that happened to us? You know, and we were I, all affected. I think it's more of just um, like human nature. Like I don't think that's the first time that America's done that. I think it's happened before, but not on video or whatnot. Like this is the first time of social media that we've see, actually been able to see like that. I don't remember getting lockdowns for others. Well, not lockdown, diseases. but like. Um, like kind of America just going against each other and like kind of thing and I feel like it's just whenever you have a fear and you don't know what's going to happen and that whole instinct of like me and my family is all that matters right now and that's it yeah and so just like any irrationality kind of goes out the win- window and and that's pretty much I think that's where that come from I mean uh, people kind of just get a little crazy after a while i mean think about it after covid we was in locked up for a while and people just bent up and then like the blm happened and that just went totally out of control which you know black lives do matter you know but the actual stance of blm is questionable from the people who make it and whatnot but i'm a white person so maybe i shouldn't talk about it i i I don't i don't care to talk about um but yeah obviously everybody matters Black Lives Matter, everything. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. I don't think. Um, I'm not into my identity, mm-hmm. and I'm not really in in any any form in fashion. And um, yeah, I support. I, I I used to have to deal with police mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, if we're talking about police brutality, mm-hmm. you, I look at my teenage years, and they're full of it. Mm-hmm. Full of police brutality. We got thrown down, kicked. Uh, you know. 
thrown in back cop cars, handcuffed, laid on the ground, all kinds of I think I was harassed by cops constantly. Mm-hmm. But now I look back now as an adult, I wasn't hanging out with a good crowd. Mm-hmm. I was doing illegal stuff. You know, I wasn't robbing banks and stuff. But, you know, I don't have problems with cops now like I used to that I'm older. I was hanging out with a tough crowd at the time. You know, we were skating. You know, we could care less about the rules and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I, as an adult, I look back now and I don't blame the cops as much because I was a smart ass and I probably I probably got a lot what what was coming to me from the mm-hmm. cops back then. But yeah, I got harassed a lot by cops. I mean, a lot. Like I got put in jail one time for a DUI when I wasn't drunk or driving. <laughs> what the fuck? I know, that's crazy, right? I was underage and we were just drinking mm-hmm. and uh, some cops rolled up. It was a long story. But um, some cops rolled up and uh, they gave us a breathalyzer and then I failed. They gave me a ticket for underage consumption. That's usually the end of it. Mm-hmm. Then one cop told me, Go get in the car. You need to move your car out of the street and put it in this driveway. What? And another cop, he, one cop said, yeah, go move your car and put it in the street. So I get in the car, pull it out. And then another cop pulls me out and throw, puts handcuffs on me and arrests me for DUI. That's fucked up. I know. So that stuff does happen. It, it isn't fair. And cops do shitty things. They're people. Mm-hmm. You know, and I <clears throat> and I, I hate to see, you know, people get killed by cops and stuff mm-hmm. and it's terrible and there's so many examples out there but the you, you notice how the media focuses mainly on the examples that are kind of fuzzy mm-hmm. that the ones that you know some people might think Wait, here, here's they're the kind of fuzzy like there's not uh, you know like we don't have all the evidence maybe mm-hmm. was okay maybe it was right maybe it was wrong they never focus on the really egregious ones like mm-hmm. the one there was, it's one in Las Vegas that was really terrible this guy had a fake gun mm-hmm. he, somebody seen him in a hotel with it, the cops come. They he comes out of the room. He don't have the gun. Mm-hmm. They tell him lay down the ground. He's like they're they're pointing gun at him. Tell him lay down. Tell they're telling him to crawl towards him, and he's trying to pull his pants up. His, his pants keep falling down, and they kill him mm-hmm. right there. He had no gun. He was no threat. We never really argue about that, you know. Mm-hmm. Like that was never brought out because I feel like the media focuses on the ones that are kind of maybe the guy was a criminal maybe the guy wouldn't listen to the police maybe you know the police overreacted and they shot him or you know stood on his neck all kinds of stuff that was wrong you know mm-hmm. but the media focused on that because that's the that's what gets the clicks that's mm-hmm. what divides people that's what gets people arguing because some people might see see one thing and say oh that guy was a you know that was a crackhead you know who mm-hmm. cares about that guy and some people were like that was you know that was a racist cop killing somebody, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's the ones that we, we end up arguing about because that's what people well, focus yeah, on. Yeah, they bring it to, like, a big racial issue because, yeah, like you said, it does that. And the thing is, is, like, you know, a lot of times, you know, racial profiling, you know, you go you go to look at a prison, like, 90, 95% of people there are, like, black. That's just how it is in America, you whatnot. And some of them are bad, but some of them are not bad at all. Like, speaking of, you know, going to TJ's house all the time, it blew my mind as a kid because I think it was uh, Demetrius who it was. I don't know. I was hanging out with TJ one day, and um, his mom and dad was talking to Demetrius. I had to sit him down, I think. It was either Demetrius or Quantez, but they were sitting him down, and then they had to talk with him about how you should um, talk to a cop or if anything ever happens, 
And this is how you should react with a cop. You need to you need to put both hands on the wheel type of thing and say yes sir, no sir. Mm -hmm. Like like detail by <clears throat> detail of like how you should do this just because he's black. And yeah. me being a white person, I never had that conversation in my family. Yeah. And so like, yeah, it is a big thing. And I was, it blew my mind <clears throat> like hearing that. I was it, like, I don't know. I just never thought of like, you, you know, you, you would have to talk to someone about how to talk to a cop because a cop is supposed to be good people oh, yeah. and whatnot. But just because you were born, a, born black, you have to go by these little procedures like with your child because yeah. you, you have a fear of they're going to die. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I understand, yeah. But I think we you, everybody should have that talk with their yeah. kid because the truth is on the wrong day, the wrong cop yep. at That's the wrong true. time could, could end your life. They have the monopoly of force, and they're going to get away with it most of the time. So, you know. And they're human. And, and they're human. And yeah. who knows what they dealt with, you know, that day or and you're not going to you know i used to have the, the idea that you know racism was the big problem mm -hmm. and stuff too and but then i, I ran to this one guy and he's he's <laughs> his, his name's jesse lee peterson you ever heard of him is he like online he has a talk show he's a black guy oh okay. he's black and uh he, he's hilarious mm -hmm. but he has this idea that Racism isn't real. Mm -hmm. Oh, you talking about the guy? Did he go talk to the KKK? No, that's he, a, that's a guy. That's another guy. But mm -hmm. he has a similar idea that racism isn't real. Mm -hmm. But but he he, he kind of he makes sense in some ways that racism is just hate. It's just hate. I mean, it's it, what other time in our life did we define hate mm -hmm. besides what it is? You know. It's usually whenever it's got there's a political angle to hate. Like this, this, we take we say, hey, this person hated you for this reason. But at the end of the day, it's hate. It's love. It's hate. And um, and I, it's it's sad to to see somebody that ha hates somebody because of the race because that's real. Mm -hmm. People have yeah. hate for people for ignorant reasons. But um. You know, what are we going to do about it? You know, how are we going to get inside somebody's brain? You can't because... Love is the only way you can do yeah. it. You got to love these people. You got to love them when it's hard. You got to love people that hate. You got to show them love. And you got to love everyone. Because at the end of the day, that's the only way we can do this. We can't mm -hmm. get mad at these people. We can't want to kill them. We can't go to war because that's not going to help them. Because even the most racist person, you know... Mm -hmm. All of us have grandparents, mm -hmm. and we live in the South. We know they said that you know they their vocabulary was not what ours is today. Even the most what we would call racist people mm -hmm. make exceptions. Mm -hmm. You know, they they hate all black people. Then, but not Billy down at the hardware store. He's my buddy. I mm -hmm. go. I work with him. He's different. You know, mm -hmm. so he's made an exception for that person. So he doesn't hate everybody that looks that way. He hates these people he don't know. He's mm -hmm. ignorant. There's a difference between ignorance and hate. You know, you have the there's ignorant people out there that hate people for the wrong reasons, and we only way to cure that is love. You know, we can't be fighting each other. Mm -hmm. That's not that's going to make people hate more. You know, when I see these things happen, these protests and stuff, I just want to tell people you, you got to love each other. You know, we can't start dividing, and that's not going to fix things. You know, that we got to come together. That stuff in in skateboarding, though, 
race is not even an issue. Mm-hmm. Do we even care? You know, like everybody comes out and skate. Nobody separates. Mm-hmm. Like there's not even any cliques in skateboarding. I, you know, I, if you go to a school, there's like the black table, the Mexicans, yeah. you know, the, in skateboard, we're all together, you know, and I wish people could do that more when it comes to things. Cause that's the only way we get past this is if we got to come together, we got to love each other. And when somebody does feel that way, you can't react towards them with hate. You really mm-hmm. got to, only way is love. Love is the only answer. Mm-hmm. You know, r- racism, I believe, you know, it, it is real. It does happen. But it's it's ignorance. It's hate, you know. the people. Some people have a lot of love, love in their heart, but they're ignorant. You kind of got to break through that, you know. Yeah, but it's... It's hard to do that whenever you grow up 20 years and your grandparents or your parents or themselves grew up a certain... For example, you know, when my when my mama, my great-grandmother, I should say, not just my grandmother, my great-grandmother, um, TG come over and she would use an N-word on him, like all the time, <laughs> but it was not in a rude way. She goes, you know, um, oh, like people be over at our house and then TJ comes over here and right in front of them, and she goes, "Oh, that's that's um, that's Tyrone. That's his friend, whatever." I'm like, "Mamo, he's a ninja." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, "Mamo, you can't say that." She goes, "What? Yeah, he can." It's like, "Well, he is. I just, I love him. He knows I love it's you. Ignorance. know, I love you, TJ. Right? It's ignorant." Yeah, she would, she'd be yeah. like, "Check. You know, I love you, right, TJ?" She's like, "Yeah." She's like, "He's he's a great boy, you know, and whatnot." And it, that's just the, how she grew up in her head, you know. You can't yeah. just you can't just wipe away like years of years of like of being taught a, a certain way and be like, okay, now you got to talk like this way, but you got to be this way. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's complicated, and, and but living I, in the South too, you see like, yeah. a lot of ignorance. Yeah, there is. It's, it's a lot of ignorance. Yeah. And, you know, and, and there, there is, you know, when it comes to cops, you know, I've been pulled over mm-hmm. with, with, uh, with black friends in the car mm-hmm. and these people I still know to the day. And they got a lot of times they did get singled out, you know, mm-hmm. but then they got they went to jail too because they did have drugs or something yeah. on, you know. So, uh, you know, there's it's it's tricky, it's tricky, you know. And then my hippie friend too with long the long hair, he got singled out too, you mm-hmm. know. He got he he got went to jail too for the drugs he had, you know. Mm-hmm. It's so you know we got to like I said the love's answer. We yeah, what's that? Yeah, I'm not sure. You're good. You can keep talking. But yeah, we um. The only way we can fix this is we got to love each other. We got to love everybody, even the most ignorant, racist, dream person. That's the only way. And that's, you know, that guy you're talking about that go around and gets people to leave the KKK. Mm-hmm. That was his, his, you know, his strategy. Mm-hmm. And it worked. Because if you go at these people yelling at them, telling them they're wrong, getting in fights with them, mm-hmm. you're pushing them further down that road. You really are. And there's, I mean... Personally, you know, I don't hear people talk like that much anymore. I know, I know it's out there, mm-hmm. but um, and I think, you know, 10, 20 years from now, it'll be almost gone. I mm-hmm. hope, you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what. I think happens. it's going towards that way. I mean, if you go tell tell you the kids now about like history, about how racism used to exist, they're just like, why, like. Why? Why does that exist? You know, because it is a ridiculous thing that happened in the first place. Yeah. And nowadays, you know, people, do, that's why they're trying to take down statues and stuff. You but know? see, if you go to other countries, though, mm-hmm. 
they don't hide racism. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, the Chinese. Oh, you're not yeah. going. If you're a black man, you want to immigrate to China. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Mm-hmm. If you're a white man, you want to immigrate to China. Good luck. But uh, you have a, like a Japanese woman wants to marry a North Korean man or a South Korean man. The, the parents are not having it. Mm-hmm. They're not having it. No, 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 no. We doing that. Yeah. You know. Uh, there's a lot of cultures and stuff that in America we don't understand because. We are a mash here of people. You know, we we all mix together and it's not an issue. And we, we, you know, we fight over the smallest things, you know. When when you go outside, though, every day, most everybody's nice. They treat everybody with respect, you know. I don't know what the, if they have hate in their heart for this person. Maybe they won't give this person a job because of that. I don't know. I can't read their mind. You know, but I hope that down the road we can just get past this. But... I worry though that if we focus on it too much, it can it can make it worse. Like if we put into people's heads that you know white people are bad and they're racist and they're you know they they have these ideas that they're better or whatever, and then it will make it worse because they want to fight back. Yeah, and if you if I if somebody told me every day mm-hmm. that man these people they they don't like you because you got red hair. Mm-hmm. They don't like you because you're short, you know. They they don't, you know. They they're looking, they're out to get you. There's a chance that when I go out in the world, I'm gonna, every time somebody's an asshole to me, I'm gonna think it's that. That's yeah, why. It's true. I'm gonna be like, he don't like me because I'm a redhead. Mm-hmm. He don't like me because of this, you know. So whether it's true or not, I'm gonna think I'm gonna go to that first. So if if you know if you tell black children, hey, you know, every, all these people hate you, you know, they they're not gonna they're gonna mm-hmm. try to put you down a lot. They're more likely to go out there and see it, you know, because people are being, well, might be an asshole to them. They're going to say, you're an asshole to me because I'm black. You're an asshole to me because you you don't think I'm good enough or I didn't get that job for this reason. We don't know if that's the way it might be. I'm certain that sometimes you go out there and somebody might be racist like, and not like give I you said, a job. Definitely living in South Georgia, it's more common than, you know, other places in the United States, I would say. Yeah. Like it's, you know. I'm not South Georgia, but or, just yeah, Georgia. In the South. Yeah, we live in, in the South. Yeah. And in, I think it's in, more, actually, you know, we we say that because, you know, that's where we live. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of uppity people in the North mm-hmm. that are a lot more racist. They, they, because, you know, they're not around black people as much, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have these ideas because, you know, you go to any workplace around here, Everybody gets along. You know, there's not racial fights happening in the warehouse. No, but you, know? you do talk to people in the break room and, you know, you get to start talking to people and they, they're like, they're friendly and stuff. And like, for example, I was just training someone the other day who is who a white guy, you know, he's talking and he's like, yeah, I have this friend. And he's like, well, I ain't racist, but, you know, he is black. And, if anybody and, says I ain't racist and they look around, yeah, you know something racist <laughs> about to come out of their mouth. Yeah, or they they like to tell a joke, a black joke, whatever, and they laugh about it and whatnot, and you're just like, oh, hey, hey, you know, TJ, come over here. Listen to this joke, and they don't want to tell it, say it no more. Oh, right. <laughs> something like That's that. That's true. Uh, That's true. I've done that before. Like, someone told me a, a, a funny joke about, you know, a black person, and then I had a, a black guy come over here and like, hey, listen to this joke. Yeah, let's yeah. tell him. <laughs> tell him that joke. Yeah. <laughs> How's that? How's that work out it's for you? It's so funny, but um, but yeah, you know, they they they're not outright. But like I said, we, we hide it more, and down here, like I, I went to Japan, you know, in 2018, they didn't hide that shit at all. They don't. No, <laughs> they do not like Americans very much. No. You know, they're so fucking respectful. They're like, just the nicest people in the world. Yeah. But 
they still do not prefer, you know. Yeah, try to marry one of their daughters. Oh, yeah. See how that goes. Okay. So, yeah, there's ideas. And at the end of the day, humans are tribal. They're going to, uh, you know, be comfortable naturally with people that look like them or, or into the things that they're into or into the had past similar to them. And that's okay, you know. Mm -hmm. That's okay, you know. And people need to understand that just because people make these choices, that's something that's happened all through human history. But at the end of the day, we're going to work together. We love each other. We're not, I'm not going to treat anybody different because they look different or anything like that. And uh, that's we. if you're looking about solutions, we definitely can't start a war no. with people because, or, you know, we definitely can't do a 360 and start hating, you know, a, this our generation, the next generation of people because of something happened 150 years ago. Like, we, we all have to understand that there's people that are behind this that won't, they want to keep us divided. They really do. I, I really think they want to keep us divided because the only way they can further their goals is to have us fight with each other and not looking at them. Not looking mm -hmm. at them and their power structures and how unequal everything is. Because it's actually a, a class thing. Mm -hmm. You know, us poor people, white, black, Hispanic, everything, are over here, and then you got your rich people up here. You know, mainly old white people. You know, and they want us to keep they want us to keep fighting, but we have so much in common. We do. We have so much in common that it, it's kind of. And, and the truth is, we really don't fight. You know, mm -hmm. like you don't see people out there fighting very often over race issues. It may mm -hmm. happen. Maybe I don't see it because I don't go to high school now and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, oh, yeah. Okay. No. Even in my high school, people don't. Yeah, we, people got in fights, but it was never over like racism yeah but i think sports like skateboarding or playing football or baseball or just sports with a lot of other people help that or just being in class with people and you're just out next to you know talk to someone on your on your right and then talk to or have you know you know what i'm trying to say yeah like yeah i, I think it helps a lot because you know when like i said my great grandma she'd be using that word you know all the time but the, the black people had to use a water fountain just for them you couldn't even use the white people water fountain you yeah. know like yeah, the way you, uh, you know, grow up has so much to do with it. The way you're taught. Your parents have mm -hmm. a whole lot to do with it. Mm -hmm. And if you grow up in a home and, you know, they have, your parents have so much to do with so many things in your future and your mother and your father and how they treated you and which one you identified with mm -hmm. growing up, who you were closer to. All that stuff is so important. And I see that now as I get older. Yep. I see how important it is to have a good relationship with your mother and your father and how that will affect everything in your life. You know, like whether you go to prison or not, whether you get married, whether you have a ch child at, without getting married, you know, out of wedlock or whatever. All these things will change. You know, it, it, it comes down to that, that family. You know, you growing up, mainly, you know, we both have sons. Mm -hmm. It's so important for us to be close to our sons. It's so important for them to look at us and see and learn how to be a man by looking at us, mm -hmm. you know. And and I was close to my mother growing up, you know. I was close to my father. I was real close to my father. But, you know, I'm, I consider myself, you know, a mama's boy, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I look at that now, and that affected the way that I developed, you know. It's important for our sons to, you know, look at us and say, hey, you know, that's how. That's who I want to be. I want to be a man. I want to grow up to be a man, you know, and I want to be that kind of man, mm -hmm. you know. And that, a lot of these people in prisons and stuff of all colors, 
didn't have that. Didn't yep. have a father. Didn't it's have true. somebody to look up to. Didn't have somebody to, you know, correct them. How many times was you like skating with somebody who was like a hoodlum, a troublemaker, and all this other stuff? And then like you're friends with them and then you go to their house and you see like the way they kind of grew up in a way. Yeah. And you're like, sad. and it all makes sense. And it's like, oh, this is why this is happening. Yeah. This is why That's he's why they're out. angry. Because yep. a lot of anger comes from, you know, not having, you know, yearning for something and not understand what am I missing, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, yeah, a lot of times, and I know I'm not going to name people right now, but I know I'm thinking of people in my head right now that are struggling. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it was because they didn't have that family you know they didn't have that you know that they didn't have that somebody to direct them and correct them and you know i was i kind of took a lot of people under my wing i was like 18 you know i was bringing like 14 mm-hmm. 15 year old boys we'd go to like um trips to kentucky and stuff and they, a lot of them are the best some of the best skaters around right now you know some of them skate still some of them don't mm-hmm. but you know, a lot of them didn't have that kind of direction. And you've seen it. They struggle with mm-hmm. drugs. They struggle with, uh, you know, with a lot of things. And the only way, I, I don't know at this point what what could help them. You know, skateboarding and drugs and stuff, they're temporary fixes. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're skating, you're not thinking about well, your problems. They just need a role model, I feel like. Like, so, even if they don't know that's their role model, but someone they look up to and be like, you know, like... They they were ha- not only are they happy, but they like proud to like you know be around this person, and they somewhat want to mirror that in any way they can. Yeah. And they're not even realizing that that's what they're doing. You just need someone like who is a good role model to step in. But sometimes you do get those cases where you know you got a really good good family, good support, and everything. And, they, and kids heading it well, silver spoon. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Whenever you see somebody, but then when you look into it. Mm-hmm. They may look good from the outside. Mm-hmm. They may look like they have everything, mm-hmm. but a lot of times, you when you when them doors shut, things aren't things aren't right. You know, mm-hmm. whenever nobody's looking, some things are wrong. You know, maybe maybe the mom's talking bad about the dad when the dad's working, and that you know that kid hates the dad, or you know maybe you know. Well, I'm thinking things, of one person in particular right now in my head too. Things, things happen, and yeah. you don't um, you know who. I, who knows what the cause is? I just hope they find peace somewhere, some somehow. You know, drugs and stuff—they give you a temporary numbing. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you got to find your own peace. Just waking up and having peace some way. I think motivation is a big one. A lot of time is forgiven. Mm-hmm. You know, once you forgive somebody, you know, really forgive them, it gives you peace. But you got to figure out why. What do they do to you? That's mm-hmm. the thing. You got to dive into yourself and look. What did they do to me? Like, what really happened? Because a lot of times as kids, we don't understand. We'll resent somebody. We'll resent something, and we won't understand why. You got to forgive. You got to move on. Because you, that resentment. If you have hate for anybody, that resentment can come out towards anybody else. Mm-hmm. Like you have that hate in your heart. You're sitting on it. Everything's going great. That guy pulls out in front of you in traffic. They're going to get all that hate. Mm-hmm. All that hate you build up from from your parents, from your mom, whatever. They're going to, you're going to yell at them, and they're going to get it. They don't know where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. They just met you, though. They don't even know you. Or say, you know, you have a bad day at work. You resent your boss. You resent your coworkers. You come home at night, maybe your kid will get that hate. Yep. You know, that's, you got to avoid it. You got to forgive people. You can't resent people. And 
I used to be a hothead, man. I did. I really did. I used to be a hothead. I used to think about it as like a tool, you know, like if I didn't get my way, I'll, sh- I'll blow off, you know, mm-hmm. I'll show up, show out. That is not a way to be. It, and it's not, and I'm embarrassed of the things yep. I did back when I was a hothead and the temper tantrums and stuff. Yep. You got to forgive people. You got to know that, you know, most people can't help who they are. They didn't ask for their parents. They didn't, they, they didn't ask for whatever happened to them. Resent them. Don't carry that in your heart and you move on because that, that's really the only solution. And to anybody out there that's, that's got hate, anger problems, figure out what you're what you hate or what you really hate it ain't you know it ain't your girlfriend it ain't your boss where'd that hate start it usually mm-hmm. starts with your mother and father you know forgive them they couldn't help themselves they couldn't help what their parents did to them forgive them and live in peace you know move on and it really works it really does I'm it not hothead no more mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you the last time I, I, I got angry at anything anything at all and it's it's a, a level of peace that, you know, if I would have had a long time ago, mm-hmm. it would made my life so much easier. Yeah, so much easier. I know. I know what you mean when you're talking about like the hothead, especially mm-hmm. skateboarding. You know, you, don't, you can't get a trick, you just fucking lose it because or whatever. Yeah. I even got a uh, something called a, a Revolution skateboard, and it was made out of carbon fiber because I would break my I would break my boards on purpose so much because I'd get so mad. Oh yeah. And I still fucked up the carbon fiber. Like the, it's so fucked up. I couldn't oh, yeah. use it as a board no more. You know. So like I know what you mean, but like when you when you're getting like real mad at something, and you're about to blow off, and you. It's really hard to take that step just not to. Like, hey, mm-hmm. whether I blow off or not, it's going to be okay. And you not do it. It's a really hard to take that first step. But once you do, um, you're going to kind of hate it at first. But <laughs> yeah. after, after some time, you're like, wow, that's a lot better than, you know, losing oh, my yeah. shit. A lot of times it's, you know, you you don't really notice, but your thoughts will get you all riled up. Mm-hmm. And you, they'll, they'll have you thinking... All kinds of things. Like you'll be arguing with yourself, going down the road. You'll be playing your argument out with your girlfriend. Be like, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna tell her this. She's gonna say this. Well, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say this. Oh, no, no, you know, stuff like that. You'll have yourself all built up. So when you get home, maybe she's having a good day and she don't say nothing. You start off, you know, you want to get this yep. thing going, you know. And where'd that come from? It come from your, your thoughts, you know. You gotta see your thoughts, and you gotta recognize that we don't know where they come from. You know, we don't know what our thoughts are, who who put them there. If you had control of your thoughts, why would you ever think anything bad? You know, why would you, who wants to think bad things? You know, who wants to think all these bad things come to your mind all the time when you're quiet, when you're trying to go to sleep? Nobody wants to think that. You got to have kind of, you got to see your thoughts and recognize that, that you can't really let them take over your life. Because um, if they, they'll have you tell, they'll be telling you good things about yourself. They be saying, "Oh man, you're the best. Oh, you're great. You, you, you big stuff." And then as soon as something bad happens, they be telling you, "Oh, you suck, man. You ain't worth nothing." Mm-hmm. You got You can't let them things control you back and forth. It's it's really seeing them, recognizing them, and understanding that at the end of the day, we don't know where our thoughts come from. Mm-hmm. You know, we we think they come from ourselves, but then again, why would they have you acting like that? Why would they have you arguing with yourself on the way home? You know, when you know, like that, you you gotta. They'll get you angry. They'll get you riled up. You kind of gotta live in the moment. And I think that's what all the religions allude to. You know, mm-hmm. every one of them. They all say live in the present. 
Don't live in the past. Don't live in the future. Kind of live in the moment right now. And if you figure out how to do that, I think you can have peace, you know? You can have peace. Yeah. Um, I'm not too religious myself. Oh, wow. Yeah. Listen, I, I, guess, I was an atheist yeah. my whole life, man. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna lie. Until like, I don't know, say maybe a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe a few months ago. And now I realize that a lot of the religions and stuff, mm-hmm. they're, they, you know, if you look at them like they're history books, they don't make no sense. You're like, this is bullshit. You know, they, this this stuff didn't happen. You know, there wasn't a, you know, a whale that ate a person and all stuff, you know. But then you realize you dig down deep. You're not a Bible thumper. You don't read every word and try to make make it into something that's not. At the end of the day, you got, you got anger. You got love. You got hate. You got love. And all these things are like a balance in your life. And um, at the end of the day, you know, if you think of the devil as them um, them thoughts in your head mm-hmm. that are trying to get you angry, trying to get you to hate people, trying to, you know, twist your, twist your mind around. If you think of the devil as something like that, mm-hmm. it makes a lot more sense to me because that's what brings the devil out of people. So I don't think of it as a sense as like, oh, it's a history book. Oh, it's a history book that tells you everything. It's all infallible. I think of it as like God's love, mm-hmm. the devil's a hate. And if you, uh, you know, you need to turn to God. If mm-hmm. you, if you, instead of listening to all these thoughts in your head that um, will try to get you to hate everything and everybody and try to destroy your life. Yeah. I think that religion is... It does cause, you know, has caused the war and death in the past. But for the most part, as of today, I think it is a great thing for people to have. Like I said, I'm not very religious myself, but I think it is something that is people do need to have. And I, I know I'm doing, you know, um, uh, yeah, I, I understand where you thing. come from because yeah. I would argue with you. I mean, really, I was one of the guys arguing with all these religious people on my Facebook and stuff, tell mm-hmm. them how stupid they sound, how dumb. And you can make that argument every day. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there's something if you're if you look if you read it literally, like mm-hmm. you read the Bible literally and you're trying to get something out of it that way, that's not right. You're in mm-hmm. you're being the intellectual, you're trying to read into it too much. I don't think that's the Bible isn't you shouldn't worship the Bible. Mm-hmm. The Bible wasn't around hasn't been around forever you know but there's something to you know turning away from hate and uh, trying to uh, you know watch your thoughts and trying to you know not listen to the devil that's telling you these things in your head to try to get you riled up because if you if you live in your thoughts man it'll it'll send you down it'll just it's gonna waste your time you're gonna you're gonna destroy it you're gonna hurt the people around you you're gonna and there ain't going to be no point in it, you know? Mm-hmm. If you think of it like that, I even tell my, my wife today when she gets, because you know women, they wake up sometimes and they'll just be mad. They'll be mad at everybody, you know? They'll be, they'll be yeah. mad at the paint on the walls, everything. They don't, they don't care. You, I tell them, hey, you need to tell that devil to hush. <laughs> tell shoot devil. <laughs> you know, she'll laugh at it, whatever. But the truth is, you know, that that's the truth, you know, that mm-hmm. they'll, they'll get, women get up in their thoughts too and they get all riled up and all angry. They got, women are way angrier than men too you know mm-hmm. luckily if a, if a woman you know because they're, they're not as strong as men thankfully but if a woman could I think they would be a lot more violent than men too because they <laughs> Maybe. they could be mad yeah they could be mad for too. sure 
yeah i think i think a religion is a great thing like i said it's contradicting as as hell i mean not, not i wasn't trying to make a pun on that it's contradicting very much so that the fact that like I'm, I'm not religious but i think religious is a great thing and people need it because yeah. it is great knowing that like if someone does pass away especially if someone close to you receive them again and you have a peace in your heart and in your mind about that because if you don't then that would that by itself can drive you crazy mm -hmm. you know and drive you down a dark hole that you know you can't dig out of so i think religion is like a great thing for people to have i just i don't know i've just i've tried to go down different paths myself but i always have like a like a bone eating each one but i don't want to get into that because i don't want to offend nobody oh, i know I, listen <laughs> i i know what you're saying i could sit here and make arguments against religion all yeah. day i really could because uh i know what you're saying there but if you think of heaven as a place you're going to go to when you die mm -hmm. like we, i mean yeah i hope i hope there's heaven I hope, you know but i think of it as like is a place you choose to be when you're alive mm -hmm. like there's a hell on earth and there's a heaven on earth and if you see the hell in people, the, the hell they live, some people are tortured with life, that's hell. You know, if you're, if somebody's laying, like if you're laying on your deathbed and your family's around you arguing mm -hmm. about this or that, that's hell. You know, you're in hell right there. It, you don't have to wait till you die. You gotta, we gotta seek heaven on earth. We gotta seek peace inside. And the heaven actually, I think, I don't think when they talk about heaven, I'm not no religious scholar. Mm -hmm. I literally, I literally don't hardly know anything about religion. But I think of it. I don't think you have to be super smart about religion to to get some benefit and realize that heaven is not a place that you go to when you die. It's a place you are either are or not while you're alive. You know, when you're sitting there with your family. Everybody's happy, eating popcorn, watching a movie. Everybody's loving each other. That's heaven, you mm -hmm. know. You got a job, you got money, you got you know everything's good in life. There's no stress. Then hell is, you know, you can think of many things that would be hell. You know, mm -hmm. stress you're about to lose your car, about to lose your home. Your kids hate you. Your your wife ran off on all these things. That's hell on earth, you know. Mm -hmm. So you think of it like that. I think of it's like. You know, let's. I tried to do away with anger because, like I said, I was a hothead. I tried to overcome that, and life is so much easier. It really, it is. really is. Yeah, really when you is. start like calming down on everything, mm -hmm. it's when you stress out over every little thing, and then you lose your shit over it too. It makes it even worse. But just like stressing out over things that are so small that really don't matter, but you're just like, uh, you know, it gets to you. Like oh yeah. When you, I guess the way I would say it, and it's not the best way to say it, but just got to stop giving a fuck so much about everything. Like, yeah, you shouldn't care about anything. Yeah. Like, that's the truth, because when you care about things too much, you, you're you not looking at it wisely. Mm -hmm. You know, everything. You shouldn't, you need to, you shouldn't, like, if you were religious, which I, I guess I, I wouldn't know what you, I'd call myself, because mm -hmm. I'm really not religious, and people would probably be surprised that I'm even talking about God because mm -hmm. at no no lie though I used to shun this stuff always but I think when you look at it as sense as good and evil right and wrong you got to do right and be right not only when everybody's looking like when everybody nobody's looking you know you mm -hmm. got to be right that's the thing you know I, I used to not do you know you might be good 
around a bunch of people, but then when you're by yourself, you might not, you know, mm-hmm. might do might do bad things, you know, might do things you shouldn't do. You got to be right. And then your kids kind of sense that, that you're a good person, you know, or, or you're not good. Mm-hmm. They can't really put a word on it, you know, they kind of sense it. And I've known this, like, ever since I've done this, my kids have started behaving better. You know, they started being nicer. They started, because whether they want to or not, they're looking to you for guidance, and they're identifying with you. And it it's crazy how it works, man. It's hard to, I'm not a Bible thumper. That's mm-hmm. why I, I can't stand people that are like that. They're so in the Word, or, you know, they're trying to dictate every part of people's lives with the Word. I'm not really like that. I just think see things as good and evil. You got God, you got the devil, you know, the devil's the anger, the thoughts in your head telling you all these bad things that, about yourself, about your family, about your friends, and then God's peace, you know, mm-hmm. nothing, not caring, not caring about nothing but that, you know, love, you know, ignoring the thoughts, trying to live in the moment, and I kind of think that's what all the religions kind of get to, and you know, you, you got, think about it like this. You got the homeless man out there, right? Mm-hmm. Walking around, angry, kicking kicking things, talking. He's always talking to himself, you know? Mm-hmm. Why is he talking to himself? Because he believes his thoughts. He thinks somebody's talking to him. He's got so into his imagination that he hears these voices talking to him, and he's responded to them, you know? Mm-hmm. Then you got you got that guy over there, and his, he's living in hell, you know? He can't get a job. He can't, not because there's no jobs, because... He's so in his imagination that he can't live out in the real world. He has to go find a bridge to sleep under. Mm-hmm. Then you over here, you got like a monk that sits silent every day. You know, he's sitting there in silence for sometimes hours, sometimes days. And he's got complete peace. He's not listening to his thoughts. He's cleared his brain. He's, you know, he's emptied his plate. And he, so you got these two different people. That's not religion. That's just people in their choices and whether they want to live in their imagination or not. Yeah. You know? Um, that is a like unique way to look at it. Like heaven on earth. Yeah. Like that is I'm not I haven't heard someone talking about it that way before. So that is like a good it's a, way. It's yeah. a, I mean it's a good easy, perspective. Yeah, yeah, you don't you, you know, you look at Jesus and everything, he should be like a role model because mm-hmm. the truth is he he was when it comes to religion, they're trying to get you to return to the Father. Mm-hmm. That's what all religions talk about. But what's that mean, you know? What's return to the Father mean? Well, I, I'm still learning, you know. But I think it is you need, like, to look at your, your father, love your father, love your mother, mm-hmm. and return to them and not live in your imagination where, all, you know, the hate is, where all the, you know, all the all thoughts... You know, when I first heard this, I didn't believe it, but mm-hmm. all thoughts are lies. They're just not true. If you look at them deep enough, they're not true. You don't know where they come from. You don't know where, you know, who, where, you really don't know where they come from, you know, because, and a lot of times they are lies, you know, mm-hmm. and who's this? You make them reality by, by acting out on them. But yeah, it's a unique way to look at it. And I got it from listening to this guy. This crazy black guy called Jesse Lee Peterson, and you look at him up, and you're probably gonna be offended. I'm just gonna—I ain't gonna lie. He says how it is, and he—he's definitely different. He doesn't, you know, believe in a lot of things. But what he does, what I, he does, really hone in on is how 
the thoughts will have you riled up, mm-hmm. and they'll have you all turn everything upside down in your life if you listen to it. And you got, can't live in your imagination. Like I remember when my my son was younger and he would draw, and I would draw too. And you know when you draw, you're kind of putting your imagination on paper. Mm-hmm. When I was little and I would draw, I'd always draw the evilest shit evil monsters and porns and blood and and he would do the same thing and i started thinking about it when i was like why is that like i never told him to draw that stuff you know Mm -hmm. but it was always some kind of evil monster shit and the truth is your imagination kind of steers down that way you know it it automatically kind of steers you down that way which imagination is you know it's good to have but you got to keep it in check yeah you can't live inside your imagination Mm -hmm. i think um i'm not gonna say you know when uh i'll say yeah whatever it was like more when i was like 1920 dipping into like psychedelics and stuff oh yeah yeah um if people who've, who've done that before know that the imagination how real that can get and how hard that is to put in check mm-hmm. when doing that and sometimes whenever people you know you see that guy on the sidewalk cr- you know talking crazy maybe drugs or whatever you know he was doing reset. It. yeah, yeah. And I mean, you're, you're doing those drugs, and if you've had a dip into a certain type of drug, and you you know that this shit is like, you know, you're seeing like a demon coming out of the wall. Or what, I, I, I'll give you an example, okay? I was coming home, and um, it was like one of my like first times ever I did like a, a LSD, whatever. Yeah. I was like, I think 18 or 19, I don't know. I was coming home, and. Um, it's really bad to do this because like I thought I was like okay it's not working right and so I took it and I was like well guys you know I guess it's not gonna work I'm gonna go home I'm driving right and I get really close to my road I'm, I'm one road away from my house and then I swear to god I saw like something in the bushes with red eyes and this is my first time ever like experiencing anything it was like red eyes in the bushes and it was wanting to get me while I'm driving in the car and I knew I was going to have to go past it, right? At that moment, I had to think what was real and what was not. That, that imagination, you had to keep it in check. That's what, what, like what you're talking about. Yeah. And I, I, I drove past it and I'm just like, yeah, this is, this is drugs. This is, you know, this is the stuff I took, you mm-hmm. know? And I got home and, you know, some people won't be able to do that. They see something coming at them, something wanting them. And it just takes over their whole head, and it's hard. It's hard to actually keep that imagination in check. And then once it takes over, it's hard to like come back from that. Oh yeah, so. I, the only psychedelic I done was DMT. Mm-hmm. I done it one time, and um, it was when my my dad was dying. He, mm-hmm. he had he had liver cirrhosis and stuff. But it was a few months before he died, and I thought, you know, I heard. I heard that it, it's helpful for things like that. So my friend just mentioned it to me all of a sudden, and I was like, okay, sure. You know, I went to his house, did it. It didn't last long, but it did give me a sense of everything's going to be okay. You know, that you're not in control, that you're, you know, everything's going to be okay, and uh, that um, it's a weird feeling. I don't really remember what it was. I remember a lot of colors and the sense I wasn't in my body anymore, and but it was, it was, you know, I thought I got something from it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's some shortcuts to find that peace. And I think that all the religions have alluded to them shortcuts. And it's been sanitized over the years. Mushrooms, you know, other things, mainly mushrooms. Mm-hmm. I think there's ways to get to God and get to that peace and that love without 
going through, you know, there's shortcuts there. Mm-hmm. They might not get you there forever, but they'll give you a little little taste of it and maybe kind of point you in the direction you need to go. And the thing is, when you say that, when you say that, like mushrooms can teach you that there's something else, something else out there that is yeah. more than yourself or anything you've ever seen. People who's never experienced that, and I've never, that, I've never experienced mushrooms. Well, I well, love no, them, I'm though. talking about, but you've done DMT and you know, oh, yeah. you kind of know, like when you're saying that, it makes sense to me because I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But to someone that's never even tried that, we probably sound fucking crazy right now because <laughs> it's like you 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 did drugs and those thoughts are just going in your head, yeah, or whatever. You know, I don't people, know. You know, as far as I'm concerned, it may have just been tricking my brain. Yeah. But it, I think there's layers to this life. Mm-hmm. And you get a peek into another layer. There's something and, else, and you you like, realize for that sure. there's something we don't understand. Maybe we're like ants in a field somewhere, and we don't understand why it's raining. Mm-hmm. You know, like we don't understand. We can't look up. We can't see these things. Who's who's who knows what we can experience mm-hmm. as humans and what we can't? And we might just have a taste of a little bit. Of, there's something different. I feel like we all know that we're different as humans Mm -hmm. like consciousness there's something going on there we don't know really where it comes from i think we're all different but we're also connected in a in a way that we just cannot comprehend or understand and that's what i think that's what you mean whenever you see that little peak the fact that when when you are doing those kind of drugs or a, a psychedelic or whatever there is something that there that you feel as if you're connected to like not just everybody but like earth or everything everything like the like just matter itself like this post or in this tapestry and this table like it's all one thing and that like i said it sounds crazy to someone who's never experienced that but when you see it for yourself and you're you have that your heart feels that and you're i don't know it's it's hard you can't put it into words at all like you can't yeah i don't remember you can't explain to an an ant how money works you know it just does not make sense if you there's no comprehension you just it's something you have to go through yourself to see and comprehend oh yeah you know um yeah it's wild i think there is there is definitely something else out there but we would just never know maybe after death death we'll know maybe not you know maybe not yeah you know i don't know what was going on before i got here (laughs) i may not know anything that when when i leave i don't believe this but it's also like the you know just going on theories it's like a tuesday theory there's no way to um, explain that like your whole life didn't start Tuesday like everything you know of was like implanted into your brain you know yeah like yeah you can say you lived in 2020 but like did you really how do you know like you didn't just wake up Tuesday and this is your life now yeah or today time time is uh (laughs) you know it's 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 weird in its own sense you know that that you you know we see a time Mm -hmm. as days and weeks and months and years but that can be manipulated. You know, if you took a spaceship to uh, Neptune and turned mm-hmm. around, you're going at the same speed, turn around, come back to Earth, time would be different on Earth. But time is also... Oh, time will be different than it was for the people on Earth. You, I, is, you will either be younger or mm-hmm. older than the people, and at the same time went by in in your conscious reality. Mm-hmm. Time may be something... Like, I don't even know if we got the UFO stuff. Mm-hmm. We should probably talk about it again. Because I think that what you're seeing when you see UFOs, mm-hmm. personally, I think this idea that they're coming from outer space mm-hmm. is it's misguided. I think they're here. I think if they're anywhere, they're in a different, uh, you know, a different layer than us. And I think that the mainly 
they're in the oceans. Mm -hmm. I personally think that if there might be an advanced civilization in the past that we don't know about mm -hmm. that made the you know made technical technological advances maybe a hundred thousand years ago, maybe two hundred thousand years ago, and they realize that up here on the surface we're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. We're vulnerable to weather, uh, asteroids, sun flares, everything. We're up here like sitting ducks waiting for something to happen. But if you're under the ocean, if you're mm -hmm. underground, you're safe. There's... You're safe. You can live past all the disasters that kill us here on the top. Mm -hmm. You can survive for hundreds of thousands of years. Maybe you come up, maybe you go down. I think that that's personally what I think. There's no evidence. I don't know anybody's ever said uh, this before. Professor Christopher Columbus described a circular flying object coming out of the water and then flying to the sky. So yeah. there's, there's, you know... People back in that, but that's why I don't think they mess with us. I think mm -hmm. they see us as like they're not gonna be there forever, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want them blowing the whole world up, you know, because we're under here, we're doing the thing in the oceans. Mm -hmm. Under, see, if you have, if you listen to what Bob Lazar said about the anti gravity fields, mm -hmm. like he, he said, the UFO had a device and it was an anti gravity field, which it kind of made a, a little like a little bubble where there's no gravity so you can go faster i mean theoretically you can go faster and speed a lot because mm -hmm. if there's no gravity there's nothing stopping you so you can go under oceans you can go inside mountains mm -hmm. you can do all these things that we can't do because we have to deal with gravity we got to deal <clears throat> with the pressure of rocks and mm -hmm. you know water all these things that they don't have to deal with maybe they had a technological advancement and then maybe they had were closer to ancient, like Egyptian stuff. Maybe they were kind of, you know, maybe they teased around with teaching them a few well, things. Well, I believe Sumerian was the, you know, <clears throat> Sumerian, the first language ever taught was an alien, <coughs> alien language, like someone from heaven come down and taught it to them. Sounds like an alien to me. Yeah. But going back to um, Tom real quick, um, you just talking about like um, kind of manipulated. Mm -hmm. I think. Obviously, Tom has made, you know, Earth going around the sun and whatnot. But the way we perceive Tom is, I think, man-made. Like, if you say, you know, it's 4 o'clock, whatever, that's that's something we made ourselves. Because going back to Japan, that's a 12-hour difference, right? I could be born at 8 o'clock p.m. in Japan. And someone else could be born at 8 o'clock a.m. in Japan. We are born at the exact same time. If someone is born right now, or whatever time it is right now, say it was eight, we're born at the exact same time right now. But, yeah. But if you talk to each other, to them, you're like 12 hours older than this person. Yeah. This person's older than you, or it could be like, you know, 12, 12 a.m. to 12 p.m. This guy's a whole a day older than you right now, you yeah. know? You know, depending what time of the day it is. Yeah, he's a day older than you, but in real life reality, you guys were born at the exact same time. Yep. So it's like the way we perceive time is. <sighs> it's we we yeah. see time as something that can't be manipulated. Mm -hmm. I think that if that eventually we're gonna find out that time is just something, just like anything else, that can be manipulated mm -hmm. by some kind of maybe some kind of minerals or like I know they <clears throat> there's a. Um, element 115 that they say you know Bob Lazar said was in UFOs he said that it made it's a heavier metal that's not or material that's not in our our mm -hmm. solar system and maybe it, there's certain things that we don't really understand the idea that everything on earth 
is everything that's there you know i don't i don't know maybe one day in the future we'll be able to you know go forward in time back in time i don't know after area 51 you know we had microwaves come out eyeglasses x-rays we had a lot of stuff come come out of like nowhere right (laughs) after after 51 yep and not gonna say it was aliens but you know who knows who knows (laughs) you know they probably do have advancements i don't i think if it if they are real which no i'm not gonna say they are real they're definitely real like the universe is so big that the fact that there's no one else out there is just a crazy thing to think of yeah but yeah i I agree um yeah i think there would be somewhere else uh but it is a possibility they could also be in on earth too yeah. you know hidden i don't think what we're seeing is we're just making stuff up yeah. i think that there's something out there and you know if the if the conditions are right if mm-hmm. everything's right maybe we can see them maybe they're there all the time you know that's my personal if i all the things i watch and listen to i've came up with my little theory that they're from a past civilization mm-hmm that learned some things and realized that they need to go underground. I think that you've seen, like if you go in Turkey, there's whole cities underground and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think you see some evidence of that being the case in the past. And if you think about it, that's really the only way. I don't know if they're humanoids or what. I don't don't really know. But I think that they're under the oceans. I Mm -hmm. think there's probably, uh, they can just be there. They, They live in their little areas that... Water doesn't affect them because they live in these little fields where there's no water. Mm-hmm. It, you know, we may be looking at things that aren't alive. They may be like drones or something. Maybe I don't. It's it's really weird. But I'm really interested in ancient civilizations. Mm-hmm. And you know, to this day, the history of America. They say that there there was you know nobody lived here mm-hmm. in America until now. They've changed this in the last few years until about thirteen thousand years ago. They said no humans lived in America. That they came up from, you know, Africa over to Siberia to, mm-hmm. you know, north to where Canada is now and stuff come down. But now we're finding that people have been in America for hundreds of thousands of years. That's a lot of history we don't know mm-hmm. about. Now what did we do? You know, there you know there's something crazy that we can go to right now in Fort Mountain that they don't know who built it. There's this huge rock, like this rock you might have been a wall or something mm-hmm. but it's like a huge like long pile of rocks that are on top of Fort Mountain and they really don't know who built that they say it's the moon-eyed people that's what the Native Americans said but who knows how long the thing's been mm-hmm. there I'm really interested it, it in, is crazy like seeing that s- stuff yeah seeing things like that like the wonders were the uh, wonders of the world and it's like how the fuck did this happen <laughs> Yeah. You know, because all we know of is they had levers and pulleys at the time. How do they move, you know, 200, 300 ton blocks up a mountain and put them in place where you can't even put a freaking credit card in between them? Mm-hmm. Like, we can't do that today. Like, we have to realize they knew things that we didn't know. What did they know? I don't know. But they knew something because we can't be, we can't move a rock that big today. We would mm-hmm. have to have several tractor trailers, preferably a train. And then how are you going to move it? We don't have machinery to move that. Like there was this one block, I think it was like a monument or something. They were trying to move and it had been built in place. And it was like 40 or 50 tons or it might have been a hun- close to 100 tons. They had to shut down like roads and like dig like certain holes and make certain pathways to get it to just mm-hmm. like a few miles away. Like we struggle. The idea we could build a pyramid today. Mm-hmm. 
That is ridiculous. We don't even can't do that today. And I mean, who knows? Who knows what what they were? I think they were more advanced, but like everything, they went down a different path. And we could go down a different path. You know, we're down this path where we burn coal and gas and use it to create energy, and then that's how what makes everything go right now. Maybe they went down another path where they were using sound and water and other things. Maybe they were using something. I don't, who knows? You know, we don't know. But we got to open our minds up and realize that this is not the only path. We had to, like, if we just figure out other ways, because I, I wonder if they've figured out other things in the past. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's people that think that there's ways to take salt water and make energy. But, you know, who, who knows? It, maybe that's what they used back then. I mean, we don't know. We don't know they might have used a magnet field of earth to mm-hmm. make energy, you know? They, they've never found a body or any kind of writing or anything inside the pyramids. Why? If it was for if it was a tomb, wouldn't you write whose it was? Mm-hmm. I think it was a big power plant. Personally, I think it was a power plant. I don't think anybody ever went in there. It they don't they don't understand it. There's little like places for water reservoir and stuff. I don't know, but who I'm really into this stuff. Every night when I go to sleep, I turn on some ancient civilization documentary or something and watch it until I fall asleep. So that's that's kind of like my little thing I'm into. I'm really um, interested in it. Do you play games at all? The only games I play is like I just started playing Skyrim mm-hmm. and my UFC game. Like oh, fight. Wait, which one? UFC 4. Oh, dude, I've been playing that like crazy. <laughs> yeah, I love that game. But I don't, I, every time I get online, I get my ass kicked. Yeah, me too. So I don't even do online. I just play like the computer yeah. just so I can keep well, some morale. I've been having friends come over and we've been playing UFC. Feel free to come. Oh, yeah, I will. <laughs> um, but the, when you walked in, what I was playing is a game called Horizon. I don't know if you know what that's about. I never. But heard it's um, it's called Horizon Zero Dawn. Zero Dawn, and basically the story of that is um, you're kind of like cavemen's. Like you you fight with a bow, and and everyone is tribal, you know, and they have their own ways of believing, like you know, ancient ancient gods and whatnot. But there's also like animals that are machines, and like yeah. there's this futuristic thing going on with like AIs and stuff. So it's like this this mix of like cavemen and like AIs like coming together, and the way they mix it together is like very beautiful. Like the way it's it's so good. But like the idea is that um, um, spoiler alert of the last game. Turns out you're in Yellowstone and the world got overrun because the AI took over. And so now it's like, it's human, it's humans um, coming, coming together again as like a, a civilization, but there's also this old, you know, ruins and things yeah. of the, that we know of. For example, like right now, I'm going through and um, you, you can o- open up a trunk car door or whatnot. And people think have no idea, like because they're in a tribe, they have no idea, no idea that that's a car. And you just start talking to an AI. Someone came with you. You took someone who was from a tribe that comes with you. He's a good warrior, and they start talking to an AI, and they're like, "Oh my, this this is the goddess. This is you know who we've been searching for." And your character is more accustomed to this, right? Mm-hmm. And she and she got upset. She's like, "No, that's not a god. It's fake. Like, ugh, I can't. It's real. I cannot explain this to you because it's you know she." You can't explain that to someone who's a, a tribe member, you know. Mm-hmm. And this the idea of that is like a cool concept. Yeah, I, I really wish I had more time to play games because mm-hmm. when I was young, that's all I did was play games. 
And then I got, I was just spending so much time. I think whenever I stopped playing games is when mm-hmm. I started skating. Mm-hmm. And then um, ever since then, I've dabbled in it. Like, I got me a PlayStation 4. I'm always, like, a system behind. Yeah. I got a PlayStation 4. And I love I love playing, you know, the Skyrim. My, my, my wife got me into that. And, um, and the UFC game I like, I just... I'm really in the UFC. That's mm-hmm. the only sport I care about. I mean, I don't. I care less about football, basketball, anything. I love them sports, but mm-hmm. following them, I don't yeah, care. I, same. I, like, I could watch fights, and I I just get into them so much, and uh, I just don't understand why anybody would not like it. Because like, even last night they had some amazing fights. And who fought last night? Like, well, it was a. Was I, that I a fight night? Yeah, it was a fight night. Okay. It was on ESPN Plus, but um. Oh yeah, they were just back and forth. I mean, it's—I don't even know the names of these. There's so many fighters now. Yeah, that I'm just watching, <laughs> and so I'm—I catch a few names on the on their way up. I really don't know who they are until mm-hmm. they may be in that main event or co-main event, and then I can start following them. But these fights are crazy. Yeah, I mean they're so amazing now that every weekend, and you can watch fights, and I just go back through the week and watch them. That's kind of what I follow. I mean, there is there's so many fighters now that it's hard to get your name out there and that's why you're seeing these crazy fights because these people have to make a name for themselves oh, yeah. and so these people are like the best warriors in the world and there is two of them going one on one and they're just duking it out so but yeah. yeah dude I love watching UFC too that's like my favorite sport to watch so yeah that's the only one I care, I care about and I've, I've actually watched them for I think I started watching in 2005 or something so I'm, I've been watching for mm-hmm. yeah, 17 years I love it I mean, I can't get enough of it. I remember, like, I guess the peak for me of UFC was, like, when Anderson Silva was fighting. Oh, yeah. I loved watching him. And I also liked it, like, I, w- <clears throat> I wasn't there watching it live or whatever, but I was really into Pride, like, oh, yeah. even when before that. Pride, yeah. Dude, Marco Kokop is still my favorite fighter of all time. Mm-hmm. Or Marco Kokop. I'm probably saying his name anymore. Mirko. Mir- yeah, Mirko yeah. Kokop. Yeah. Um, he's my favorite fighter, but I cannot pronounce his name. <laughs> but Boy, still. What, where's he, where's he from? Um, he's from Scandinavia, or where, where's he? Where's he from? William? He might be from Ukraine or something. Where's he from? Damn, I should know this. I don't know. I can't Cro- say. He's from Croatia. Is it? He's is Croatian. He yeah, yeah. He, that's what he was. I know I he was like an ex uh, ex military. I'm member. so ignorant that I don't even know where Croatia is. I would say it's close to Russia. Or something. I don't know. I really don't know. He's a brutal motherfucker, though. Especially yeah. in Prague. I think he's still fighting. Too, probably. Huh? He's still fighting people like. Oh, he, he's he, kicking people's heads no, off he, places. He had a very bad downfall. He's oh, not yeah. fighting no more, yeah. I, I, remember, I remember I saw him fighting in some organization. I don't know when. It was years mm-hmm. ago. But hey, I assumed a lot of these people, they're still fighting to pay the bills, but they're just mm-hmm. doing it wherever. <clears throat> but, yeah, like, I don't even follow skateboarding, like, mm-hmm. the sport as much as I do fighting, even though I used to compete and stuff. Like, I used to compete, and that was my goal to be, like, a like a competition skater back in the day. Mm-hmm. But I don't even, I could care less. Who's the world champion right now? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I mean, I really couldn't. Who won the Olympics? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I mean, I love it. I, it's yeah, great. Wait, wait, I don't, did, <laughs> uh, skating was in Olympics, right? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I've not watched one video. Who, I mean, who won? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Even though that was literally my thing when I was young. Yeah. I, would, I would go to competitions all over the place and I would I would skate I, I used to go to Rome and compete and Chattanooga and you know I went to a few in Atlanta and um I couldn't tell you who's who's the number one guy right now I don't know man I, I mean, let me tell you about this okay 
my friends know this, um, I was very, very burnt hurt in my last competition I had, which was like in Dalton, Georgia. It was like a local competition. I think it was like for a new shop that was coming up, whatever. Anyway, I entered this competition. Was it the one at the park over here? Yeah. The one at the, uh, our free park? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I was there too. Okay. So yeah. Okay. I, I'm still burnt hurt over this, man. Um, I don't remember which, which one it was, if it was like best trick or whatever. I don't know, I think it was like the best like of, of like two minutes or something. Whatever, yeah. Right? And I was like... Down uh, the stairs? Was it... No, it was okay, no, it was just like the, the park. Run. Okay. Yeah, and I, I, I think I was intermediate or whatever. Yeah. And <clears throat> I'm still burnt hurt because um, every trick that I feel like I can do the best, I landed all of it. And I've never done that in the run. Like, I've never done that in a competition. I don't even enter the competitions that much. But, like, that's my first time doing it. I get a um, pop shove it, tail grab, you know, um, yeah, shove it again. Show, yeah. yeah. I, did I got that. that on film. Yeah. And Somewhere. I got <laughs> I got a kick flip down the stairs. <coughs> you know, I did a front board um, on uh, on the little handrail. And I went, I, I did everything I wanted to do. I did everything I wanted to do. And this guy beat me on third place because he did like a 50-50 on the box and a 360 flip and he was good friends with the other guy in the competition. That that and, uh, that competition even though I was good friends with the yeah. with the um the people running and stuff mm -hmm. like we're close uh and I, I didn't I didn't win that competition. Yeah. But and I rightfully didn't win because I think I think TJ won. Oh yeah, TJ definitely. So I, I rightfully yeah. didn't win, but I was trying but the pr problem is though like the tricks I do, I do goofy tricks, mm -hmm. and I do a lot of tricks that don't have names. Mm -hmm. They're cool if you don't know them, but all these people knew these tricks, yeah. you know, and so they weren't nothing cool to them. And I was trying this long-ass nose manual, and I fell. I didn't, but yeah, TJ won. And then his brother did, like, he was in the beginners or mm -hmm. intermediate, and he won that. He ain't a beginner. Mm -hmm. You ain't a beginner. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you good. Yeah, Demetrius. Demetrius? Yeah, yeah he's you, fucking good. You good. Yeah, I did it, I did intermediate because I know for a fact I have no... Well, he might not have been a beginner. He might yeah. have been intermediate. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. I can't you, remember. You remember. I can't remember who did who won first and second in intermediate, but I know for a fucking fact I should have got third. Yeah. I should have got third. I'm still butt yeah. hurt over that. <clears throat> yeah, well, the, you win some, you lose some yeah. when the competition. I've won... The biggest competition I won was in Atlanta. It was a grind for life competition. And it, they had a category for like beginners and intermediates, but then they had one for sponsored. Mm -hmm. At the time I was sponsored by um, either Sugar or Datto, I can't remember. But uh, Loretta paid for me to go there. And I went there and the night before I got the a terrible stomach virus. I mean, I was just empty. I was completely empty. I called her, I was like, listen, I can't do this. There's no mm -hmm. way I can do this. She's like, I've already paid for you to go. You're the one taking out everybody down there. You mm -hmm. got it. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. So I went down there, and I had like two jugs of water. I was like, I'm just going to drink these. I ain't eating shit. And then I think Benji was there. I think, I can't remember who else was there. But see, I didn't even skate at all. I didn't warm up. I just, I made my mind that I was just going to drink this water until they call my name. And then I'm going <laughs> to skate, and then I'm going to be done. Because I literally have no energy. Mm -hmm. I was drinking more. And now, luckily, I land like every trick I know. Like, when they call my name, I finally, I land it. I did the wall plant. I did the, all the ground. They had this. They had a mini ramp, but it was a mini ramp with, like, half of it was, like, six foot. Half mm -hmm. of it was, like, the three and a half foot standard. Man, it was a nice place. I ended up winning first place for the sponsored category. Hell that yeah. was the biggest competition I ever won, and I won it with a stomach virus. <laughs> you know, but like I said... 
I do a bunch of goofy tricks. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of tricks are weird, little hand plants and not hand plants, but like little, I call them little helicopter flips where I just grab the board, spin it around, drop back in, wall plants, little grinds, little stalls. And I won, I think I won because they never seen them tricks before. Mm-hmm. But if you see them, them all the time, you're not going to be mm-hmm. impressed at all. Especially yeah. if they skate with you, you're like, oh, dude, we know you can do that. Yeah, we know you can do that. <laughs> you know, then, you know yeah. what you do, you know. But I, I'm, I've always been, I've kind of liked skaters that mm-hmm. do weird stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't just go out there and do handrail tricks or hover tricks or flip tricks downstairs. Flashy. That just, yeah, because I feel like there's so many of them skaters are so good. Mm-hmm. Like I see on Instagram, kick foot down 10 stairs and all these handrails. I mean, and they... You have to have a little bit of creativity to get mm-hmm. noticed. And that's why I've always liked Mullen and Dawan Song and, uh, you know, Andy Anderson. You look him up. He's crazy. He's like the new breed of creative skater out there. He's like one of my new favorite skaters. And there's a few other people that are just good at manuals and stuff like that. I love when people get tricky with, with skateboards. I pre- Now, I, I do respect everybody that's throwing downstairs because mm-hmm. I can't do that shit. And I know it's hard. You know, I know it's hard, and you take a lot of risk. But personally, if as a fan, mm-hmm. I like that weird stuff, man. I always, I've always liked that weird, you know, ha- even like cheese and crackers. You remember that movie? Mm-hmm. With it, there's a day Sounds one. So familiar. There's a day one song, and Chris Haslam have a have a movie. It's called Cheese and Crackers. It's just them skating mini ramp. Mm-hmm. You gotta look it up because they got a new one. They got a new Instagram page. Where they they do stuff together, mm-hmm. they're just doing combos and stuff. I mean, Dude, it's day, just madness. Daylong song, me personally, <clears throat> is, God, I love him. He, like talking about creativeness, like oh yeah. Dude, he just does the most like shit you would never think of, like at all. Like even today, he he would just put down like you know different signs or whatever. Or I can't think of something top of my head, but I just remember watching him on Instagram a lot, and I'd just be like, how the fuck did he even think this? Yeah, well, I saw him. You know, I have a, a video on YouTube. That's why I was really into like watching him, where I I, I was learning 360 flip to fakie on like on quarter pops and 360 flip reverts and stuff. That stuff's crazy. Mm-hmm. It really is. I, and even there's a trick I want to try today because you know one of his setup tricks is he goes up switch up a, a ramp and does like a front side shove it and then lands into a manual. Then does the other tricks. That's one. The other day, I was like, I want to do that because I can do that. I can mm-hmm. set up for like a shove it. And I, I still film, you know. I still mm-hmm. make clips and stuff. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep skating because you know the older you get, you're like, you know, I'm not gonna be doing this forever. You know, each day matters more and more. And I want to get, I want to get this shit down footage. Like if I start thinking of a trick, I'm like, I'm gonna go get mm-hmm. it. I want to film it. <clears throat> got to keep going because if you stop you just lose it mm-hmm. you really do i've been skating continuously for you know 20 20 like 21 years so and i've never stopped i've never mm-hmm. took a break i've always at least once a week once every two weeks maybe i've never had any real injuries either i mean besides twist ankle but like i said if mm-hmm. i twist my ankle i don't stop skating i'll do something else like i'll do manuals i'll work on manuals you know i'll work on half pipe I'll, I'll lay off this stuff I'll, I'll work on switch you know I'll do mm-hmm. some switch shit you know I think that's kind of what you gotta do but yeah seeing everybody grow up seeing like TJ and seeing Benji and seeing everybody get grow up and they're, they're good and seeing them um, you know it's really nice it's really nice to see mm-hmm. our Benji local, used to sk- blow local my skaters mind. <laughs> yeah and you know Benji what's crazy is like I've watched Benji 
turn from you know just an average skater to like really good mm -hmm. we would play skate like almost mm -hmm. every day every other day and i would always win you know we'd play skate skate and i was on like a streak but then he would win and then i never won anymore <laughs> he, he excelled like right past mm -hmm. like right past me and i was like man he's good he's good mid ramp stairs whatever you know mm -hmm. and that's you know that i love seeing people progress and these these kids grow I've seen when they're little wee, little wee squirts, you know, coming into the skate park. I got, I got a picture on my phone of uh, the. I guess it's, I get them confused. TJ, Demetrius, and the middle Quantes. one, Quantes. Yeah. I got a picture of uh, me doing a trick, and it was just a little kid just looking mm -hmm. up, looking up at me doing a trick on on an old me ramp, and just like seeing these kids grow up. I love it because I know they love skating. Mm -hmm. They love it for the right, right reasons, and watching them just. Just keep going and keep going. It's awesome. I really, I mean, I think what we need, and I see it kind of forming now. You got a little skate team kind of grouped together. Mm -hmm. Need to make a little videos, little little clips, little pages, kind of, um, you know, because this stuff don't last forever. You know, there's a lot of good skaters coming up. They need to start filming it, making. I see them taking pictures and making films, and it's awesome. I love seeing them do it. Get it together, make a little little uh, thirty minute video of everybody. Man, <clears> you know they've had one in in, in Chattanooga about yeah. a year ago, and it's yeah, awesome. Never seen that. You know that we need to do that here. You know, with just the local skaters, mm -hmm. just make a little clips. You know, make a little everybody have a little two minute part. Put it together, because when you get older, you're gonna wish you had that. You know? Yeah, that's true. You, really gonna yeah. wish you had it. Thing is, though, I can't land nothing on film. <laughs> well, you gotta keep trying it. That's <laughs> tough. I got you laying something on film. Yeah, thing is, I was like, I could do it over and over and over, but when you, once it says record, it's like, I have to land this. And that's I why I it. like recording like by myself, because mm -hmm. I hate when somebody films me, because I feel pressure. Mm -hmm. They're bored. Well, They're looking at me. Oh god, I gotta hurry up. Yeah. Like when I'm by myself, I just set it up. I'll just keep going and going and going. I think I'm the opposite. I think when I skate by myself, it's really hard for me to get something down. But when I feel the pressure, maybe it's because like I wrestled for like nine years and I was like, okay, this is the moment. I have to happen. When I have everybody stop and looking at me, like I'm say if I'm about to do like the forward block or something or try and do something. And you can kind of tell like people are just kind of resting and they're looking. And like, you're like, oh, everyone's looking. This is the moment. Like mm -hmm. I, for some reason, I feel like that's whenever I can like do my best because I'm like, this, it's now and ever. Like you have to yep. do it. And I don't know, I, I feel good under pressure when I do that. But when it's like a competition and people are like forced to watch you or whatever, you're like, oh, hey, 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 look, come look at this trick. Like when you tell people, to, it's not the same, I feel like. But when someone's just like watching you because they kind of want to, you're like, this is it. This is the time to shine, you know? Yep. Uh, I, I would like to have another um, game of skate like they did a few oh, months yeah. ago. That was fun. I was petty with it too because I would get out there and I was like, Listen, I know I know a lot of these kids can do crazy tricks, mm -hmm. but can't, how good are they? Are they shove it. Mm -hmm. I was doing knowledge shove, fakey shove, fakey big thing, fakey big thing. I was like, no. I'm gonna catch up. I'm gonna catch them on this little stuff. Bro. I'm gonna do my best because I can't do the damn, uh, you know, the big damn 360 kick flips no, and crap. I'm gonna say, Let me catch them on the little stuff. I'm, I'm gonna have to tell you, man. I'm sorry. I'm gonna tell you to your face. <clears throat> Fuck you, <laughs> because <laughs> you like you were one of the guys like I would go in there I would do like a fucking I do a nollie tray I do the, like a trick even I made up it's like a nollie back foot impossible but I do all these crazy tricks and then you gonna do a fucking pop shove it and a fakey pop shove it and then a nollie shove it and I'm gonna get three fucking lighters right off the bat and I'm got like to. damn it how can, do it. How, can, how can I flip the board into a barrier or a 360 flip and land it but I can't do a damn shove it cause what, I'm one of those guys hey, you I gotta be skate. petty about it. I gotta be petty <laughs> like 
And it, I made I made it to the yeah. the, the, the the I guess the semifinals. Yeah. Like I played against the last guy. We got down to the last letter, and it was it was a good one. It yeah. was good. I mean, it was a lot of fun, and he was really good. He was some yeah. guy from chat, and he was good, and he definitely he definitely won it. Yeah, that's that's my. <laughs> But I made him land all them little tricks first. <laughs> I can't do his little tricks. And I, listen, no lie. Like I told, uh, you know, I was like, listen, if, you know, I didn't play TJ, but I said, I know TJ can do all them shove it, but I'm just hoping he slips up. Yep. I'm hoping he's amped up to here, and I'm going to break it back down here, and then maybe miss more too. And that's my only chance I got because I ain't doing, you know, I can't do all the other stuff. I can do switch stuff too, but yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Dude, like, um, that's my buddy, my buddy Ryan, I play, I play, play, I play skate with him. And that's the first thing he'll do to me, dude, is shove it. It's not because, like, he's trying to warm me up. He knows that's my fucking weakness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he knows those, those little tiny tricks like, that just... I can do a nollie kickflip, a nollie flip, and then he's going to do a nollie on me, and I'm going to fuck it up somehow or something. Like, the most simplest shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you watch pros do skate, too, they do all this, too. They start yeah. slow. They do all the shove-its, and, mm-hmm. you know... It, I guess it's just part of it, man. But I, actually, I gotta get going soon. Oh yeah, it's, but, we're about to hit three hours too. Oh really? I'm about to piss myself too. Damn. Yeah, because I, I told I told my wife I was like, it was like thirty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> She's probably thinking I'm up, up in bed with some woman. Yeah. I got, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to cut this out. Say so you're never here. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I got timestamp. This is uh um. Well, do you have anything you just want to put your Instagram or just anything? Uh, yeah. I guess it's like skate Nate 1986 on my Instagram and just look up Nathan Bryce Holt um, or Nathan Holt. I have a two pages. I have one for skateboard and one for mm-hmm. just other stuff, you know, if I want to goof off and argue with people about mm-hmm. politics or whatever. But um, <clears throat> yeah, man, follow me. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Famous for Nothing podcast. This one has been almost three hours. If you've listened this far, thank you so much. And you guys are beautiful and I love you. But until the next time, Come, um, it might be a game cast, it might be a regular podcast episode, but that's the, this today's podcast. I am so bad at this outro. Damn, I cannot talk. Anyway, thank you for listening. Goodbye, and I love you. Bye. Dreaming. I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming.